0: Filled with mediocre podcasts. One network comes together to show the world what it can do. A giant-sized team-up network. These people from around the world band together to bring light to a dark world of oversaturation. leaders, breaking the panel, fight for truth, justice, and the American way by never giving in to the opinions of others. They don't even know how. Pokemon Go podcast. Three men challenge the children of the world in a duel to the death to see who can enslave an entire species first. (laughs) The Blazing Defender Report. He puts out blazing infernos by day, but spits hot comic book takes by night. Armed with Funko Pop characters, Black Rifle Coffee, and more muscles than the rest of the network combined. Toy Power. These dangerous dingoes from the Down Under are here to ease your toy purchasing quandaries. Nothing will stop them from helping you find what you're looking for. Botched, a DD and d podcast. This drunken five-man wrecking crew is here to desensitize you and steal your hearts with potty humor, witty banter, and ponderous blows to your earlobes. Lastly, their newest member, Geek Geek Versus. <laughs> These titans of nerdonomic discussion will shake the very foundation of pop culture nerd discussions. Will this self-proclaimed and name dropping rock god of podcasting lead the network to tower above the rest? Or will breaking the panel's massive ego drag them all to podcast infamy? The story continues in March of 2018. Head to GiantsizeTeamUp.com to see if your local theater has the balls to show it. (laughs)
1: These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the
2: comic's life. We're Breaking the Panel. I'm going to do a Paul intro today. Eh, welcome to Breaking the Panel. We talk about internet stuff. Here's to you. Cheers. Yeah, do the best (laughs) thing. And we're going to leave it at that. Over here, joining us again this week is Hammond Chamberlain of all the awesome saucers in the world. How you doing? Awesome, man! It's been so long since we spoke. How you been? You, you grew it's good. Years? I'm
1: actually really surprised you had me back. I kept waiting for the midweek uh, message saying, "You know what? You're just too much of a pompous <laughs> to be See, on we our didn't show." See,
2: that. We did not get, get pompous off of you. Self
1: righteous, self important. <laughs>
2: You you are Pseudo- not familiar with the rest Pseudo-
3: of
1: us, are you? Pseudo-intellectual fear monger. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> that's that's his cosplay this week, this uh, year for Halloween's fearmonger, because he got it wrong from the Pat Panther. <laughs>
4: Eric, so, Eric Fearmonger.
2: That voice you hear right there is Casey Strohs.
4: That's me, and let me tell you something, Charles. It's my first time back in two weeks. I'm ready for a more bombastic intro. Wow, ready for a more bombastic intro, okay. This is breaking the panel where we talk about everything from the back bins to the big screen and everything in between.
5: Sounds like you're breaking your desk more than anything. Else. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, Just flow, 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 I think you down. dialed into the wrong show, Casey. Breaking
4: Sorry. the desk all doesn't really roll off the tongue. So,
3: so you're chewing gum is what you're saying because you're so fucking extra right now. <laughs> <laughs> <What's> <laughs>
4: it, man. I'm dialed up to 11. <laughs> I'm going
2: fucking spinal tap tonight.
1: Uh, we'll see there is a fine line between stupid and clever
2: we'll (laughs) see we'll see the other ho-hum asshole on the panel Philip Keating
5: Hi, thanks for.
2: Shut up, don't care.
5: Bringing me Moving
2: back. on to Paul Klotz. You got to be excited. Hey! For See, there we How's go. How's it
3: going, folks?
2: Paul's always my no balance.
3: Breaking the panel, the most excited show in the universe. <laughs> I, like to, point
1: out, <laughs> I like to point out for video people that he's wearing the exact same shirt as last Wednesday.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: it is basically a show shirt. I wear it every Wednesday.
2: Okay. I didn't even catch that. Thank you, Hammond. For, uh, for the out.
3: folks at home, I didn't take it off at all, so, you
2: know. Good.
0: <laughs> exactly. <Except.
2: laughs> so we're we're hiring Hammond to be our fact checker and continuity expert on Breaking the Panel. <laughs> yeah, man. So we're gonna have that. I had to rock out podcasting, Charles McFall, and we've got some headlines. Well, this isn't really news. Wakanda savages box office sales, and I saved uh, money by switching to Geico. Of course, it did.
3: No, this is news because like I plugged this in like several days ago. Uh, This came out on Forbes on the 25th. Uh, At the time, coming out of last weekend, Black Panther topped 700 million in a record second weekend. Uh, Yes. I believe that is That's
4: worldwide. no 69% drop off Batman versus Superman. They
3: are on they are definitely going to break a million which or I'm not a million a billion.
2: $1, billion. 1 billion. If they if they work hard <laughs> they might break a million clots. You yes, got to believe right. in the Black Panther. Come here, everybody. Get out there and I see mean, it. It's not a DCU
3: movie. It's not like they have to strive right, to Can we not
2: compare it to DC? Who gives a shit? <laughs> oh, no, we absolutely no. have to. No, we yeah. just said like, this the is a great DC movie.
1: movie. The only DC movie worth comparing this to is Wonder Woman because all the others are kind of toilet paper and use toilet paper at
2: that. But that's not what we do here. We don't care. It's like saying Klaus is not as good as Chris Wisdom. We know that, but we're not going to compare him to that every week. <laughs> oh. Come on. Oh. You know, it's like, let's say this is a good movie. Klotz is a good host. This is a good movie. It's worth watching. We don't have to
3: compare it. I just threw up in my mouth. You were so wrong.
1: So, who are you calling an adequate host then? Because that's what the DC movies are.
2: <laughs> Philip <laughs> is waving his head. <laughs> Casey's like, <laughs> not me. Please, don't say, my name. Please don't say my name. I know it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not quite the adequate guy the team.
3: So, he gets the plot armor. Like, we're not going to thumbs up or thumbs him down. But, yeah. Phil's our whipping boy.
2: Whipping yep. boy, don't Oh, yeah. No,
3: anyways, uh, I, I brought this to the table because this is super relevant. Um, mm-hmm. Really strong second weekend sales. Like, I, It's record-breaking, Charles. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the things you care about that don't matter. You know, I'm when I left. don't
2: bring a headline, I bring the attitude. So be right, prepared. Yeah. God. Well, you are well, going to be raging. Check your
3: sass at the door, sir. Uh, but yeah so it's doing really well it is definitely going to break a billion dollars which is fucking huge Um, and it kind of just takes a dump all over the naysayers and you know all of that so I went and saw it for the second time uh, this past weekend because we had some friends in town who hadn't seen it yet and it was great
1: how yeah. was it how was it the second time were there things you didn't notice before were there things you picked up on going into it how was it the second time through
3: yeah so i'm not going to get into spoilers because we already did that no, panel. no no i'm yeah. not
1: asking that i'm just no, asking. No, right
3: right yeah. but yeah no there were some subtleties that i picked up on that i was like and th- there was a lot of stuff that was just super fun to watch the second time you know what i mean like to to just run through it again in particular i'm still a huge fan of sherry like her relationship with T'Challa is great and that like seeing all the jokes and stuff like that, like actually, um, without getting too spoilery, that scene early on in her lab where she's showing T'Challa something is even funnier the second time when you know what's about to happen. Cause you see it all like playing out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it was great. Um, it, I definitely like, I, I, I posted it on Facebook. I was like coming out of it. It definitely for me secured it absolutely in my top five probably in my top three so, so just I, I just i good. have
1: a, i have a related family story to this um uh, my oldest daughter saw it and after she got done seeing it she came home and we we're sitting around the house talking and my youngest daughter, daughter broke one off in a really massive- Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so kind of heart. a
2: family show, man. No, no, Come no. On. She
1: just farted her brains out. Oh, okay. My, okay. Oldest daughter, my oldest daughter looked at me and she's like, it sounds like she's trying to call the rhinos into battle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, how old's your oldest daughter? 13 and oh. my youngest is eight damn it. I am like, she's not old enough to be on the show because that would be so, an awesome thing to have. <laughs>
3: so it's time to like, start calling the oldest Wakabi, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, in that's passing,
2: great. like uh, <laughs> that. That's phenomenal, man. That's, that's great. Phenomenal. Get, tell your daughter, she gets the breaking the penalty seal of approval for that. Comment. Yeah.
3: Charles wants to talk about your daughter's flatulence. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Or> <laughs> you know, screw black Panther having strong <laughs> second weekend sales.
2: It's not news. We just know it's awesome. Mm,
3: you're not news, Charles. No, no, so I'm not. When when Deadpool has a second. You should have about Deadpool. You should uh, have right now. Viewers, Phil.
0: We
5: don't. We're not going to talk about it.
2: Phil, I'm, just, no. I'm just
5: wondering. I mean, where, where's the double standard here? So.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. We lost your audio, Phil. I, he was saying something that wasn't important. It's OK. <laughs>
3: <So>. <laughs> Speaking of Philip,
2: Philip's got our next
3: topic today, which is pretty tasty.
5: Well, if you are on Twitter and you follow James Gunn, you know that he is pretty interactive with his fans. And he had one hell of a week on Twitter, um, not only defending his main star, Star Star-Lord Chris Pratt from the general public, but also a fan told him to do him a huge favor and to bring Mark Hamill into Guardians 3, which then sparked up a conversation between Mark Hamill and James Gunn on Twitter, possibly setting up a lunch date to get Mark into guardians three.
1: So will he show up as Luke Skywalker well, because he's is part of the Disney extended uh, galaxy universe.
5: I, I mean, that's right. You know, right now there's nothing on, on paper, but I mean, it, it kind of raises the question, like, is that where they're going to actually make that bridge between the two universes or, are they going to cast him, you know, oh, as an oh, as
1: the
2: Joker? Wait, 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 wait! Oh, ha, ha. no, 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 no! So this is what happens when the Jedi's ascend. They now go into the Marvel universe. That's what the bridge is. So we're going to have Darth Vader. We're going to have uh, and that's, know, Yoda. And that's it.
3: That's yeah, all that's
4: I got. Charles it, yeah.
2: talks about things. That yeah, could not Darth
4: possibly Vader ever. and a bunch of other Star Wars characters whose names I
2: don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the little green one with the elf ears we're gonna have him yeah the, the puppet classic you mean grover <laughs> in cosplay <laughs> no so i said no my muppets man okay grover me, no
4: that's me, part, let let me blue me learns, Grover's learns blue. something there chuck all right uh if star wars crossed over to the Shut marvel universe ass. they'd get like crushed vader is small time compared to like half the mutants that would normally be rolling around. are you
2: are you I have never seen a mutant do ceiling murder. So you just shut the hell up right now, Casey. Oh Oh, no! Shut Uh, the hell up. I'm
3: sure you have. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty
4: pretty sure Wolverine has straight up cut guys along a
2: ceiling.
3: I'm pretty sure in Logan he picked (laughs) a dude up.
2: All right, people. Email us BTP at. GiantSizeTeamUp.com. Vader I'm versus Charles Wolverine. McCall, and when I get called out for being wrong, I change this up. <laughs> no, no, you can't say I'm wrong. We've never had Wolverine versus Vader. Vader versus Wolverine. Who's going to win? You said we've never seen a Marvel character. I said I. I, I have never seen Ceiling Murder. So did you fall asleep during every movie with Wolverine
4: in it? Well,
3: I've never like seen.
4: Murder never... is your barrier to entry, then Freddy Krueger has done Ceiling Murder a couple of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like the progenitor of Ceiling Murder. Fredrik like, Krueger, Johnny Depp, enjoy is, that
2: ceiling. Bullshit. <laughs> Krueger is just <laughs> Johnny Depp got killed in a water, water. Bed. He didn't get killed uh, in a he ceiling. He's a It ceiling. was more
5: of a blood <laughs> bed than a water exactly. bed. Exactly. <laughs> right, okay,
2: right, right. Call me out on my shit. I mean, watch horror films. I know you're wrong but, with that one. So, <laughs> so
4: pretty, the cool, the cool thing about what what Philip has brought to the table here, other than the alleged Star Wars Marvel crossover, which is not going to happen, unless no. he's <laughs> by Oswald and his famous filibuster from Parks and Recreation. Which is amazing, and has got Chewbacca on fucking robot spider legs, which is the coolest.
5: <laughs> One of the best speeches.
4: I'm trying to think who Mark Hamill would be in Guardians Three if he were in it.
5: Well, that that was my question, and especially because he's such a good voice actor. Do you have him do an acting part, or do you have him voice a CGI character?
2: He's Adam Warlock. <laughs> See, I was going to say. I, I thought he's about the- that
5: because I I thought, and I read into this before I actually brought it to the show, and. It's it's kind of where I, I, I went is like an Adam Warlock, you know, an older Adam Warlock.
4: How about an older evil Adam Warlock, the Magus? Uh, he's actually the real bad guy behind storylines like Infinity War and Infinity Spo- Crusade. Spoiler
5: alerts? Well, that's the thing. I mean, because Guardians is happening, you know, after the Infinity War is over and somebody's going to have to come up with the glove and the gems.
1: Could he be the leader of the Scree?
5: Uh, Who did I have? We've
4: had Ronan for leader of the Cree already. Um, but in terms of fan base, Mark is certainly the leader of the <laughs> okay. Squee
2: on the <laughs> <laughs> on, on the on the the silver He's tree. Oh, oh
4: yeah.
3: no. <laughs> I want it. I want it. No. I know that we can't have X-Men characters right now, but I want it. I want yeah, M- M-
4: straight up Captain America, my dude. Put him in.
3: Yeah. Oh you're uh, yeah. Yeah. I just always think of him in X-Men storylines for some reason. That might just be video games though. Could be. He could be uh
1: the voice of uh Sasquatch from Alpha Flight.
3: <laughs>
4: no.
5: So I was thinking like Corsar, who is the leader of the Star Jammers.
2: Destroyers. Uh-huh. Oh,
5: Cyclops' dad? Or, yeah, so Christopher <laughs> Summers,
4: Cyclops' dad. So he's you know, he's, he's, a, he's an no aging... No Summers
2: ever. No Summers ever.
4: I don't know, man. If no. you've never read anything with Corsair in it, No. a wash-buckling, suave mf And I, he's I... dating a hot skunk alien, which is cool. Just... <laughs>
3: Say like that! Girl now, oh man, then you that's, that's then you like totally specious. introduce a love interest for Rocket that he could steal away from them. like Pepe Pew? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh man, this sounds great.
2: <laughs> this sounds horrible.
3: So my favorite thing about this whole James Gunn conversation about Hamill is like he's like, yeah, he lives around the corner from me in Malibu, so we can just come over and we can talk about it over a cup of coffee. And I love the way he words that. He can just come over here and we yeah. can talk about yeah, it. Yeah,
4: I'm not going to Mark Hamill's. <laughs> not, not,
3: not go I'm, I'm not walking into the wampa cave. You know I mean? Like, come on.
2: Okay. If you but, think it
1: smells bad on the outside.
2: Do I have everybody's approval to take this to that next topic then right here? Well, hold on. Okay. Hamill's Hamill's response real quick to it right. was he'd be,
3: he goes, I would be happy to do so both as a good neighbor and an unemployed actor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See I just recently had a conversation with somebody. I just recently had a conversation with somebody on my other show where they were talking about life in a gig economy and how even the most famous actors still work in a gig economy. And that quote from Hamill right there sums it up. He's in a gig economy.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. But I mean, let's be real. He never needs to take another gig again. But
2: it's the the message. still. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So like a good neighbor, Mark Hamill is there. Dude, just give him that that stare he gave Daisy. Like, why are you here? Where are you from? You know, he just shows a ring dog. And he opens the door like, why am I
3: here? I could see James Gunn, like, opening his front door and just throwing a lightsaber over his
2: shoulder. He's like, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the he thing. Makes
1: him, he makes Mark Hamill dance like Baby Groot.
2: And there you go. What is this? I am a little annoyed with this whole thing about Groot is dead, Baby Groot's the son, and and James Gunn just laying into people on. No, it's it's canon and it's in the films. Like, where in the what? It makes Are
4: sense in hindsight. There's a well. lot of evidence to support what he's saying.
2: It's the way it's uh, delivered, and I don't know. I just it distasteful. Well, no, no, mean. no. Let's be clear. People
3: brought him into the conversation. They started tagging him on Twitter, and he was he clarified. He's like, now as the director and co-writer on the film he's the authority right like he's he's Again. the creative controller of this you know the, the he basically owns guardians of the galaxy as far as story narrative goes i mean obviously clear stuff through feige for overall sure. connection to the mcu but and
4: housekeeping
3: yeah they, but they've they've let gun take the helm and he, he runs, because he is the reason why Guardians of the Galaxy is what it is. Like, it would be, if somebody else had done it, it would have been a very different film. We might not have seen a second film. It might not be part of the overall bigger picture. You know what I mean? So it, it's firmly entrusted with him. So he's a writer. He's a director. And then people started arguing with him. And he's like, that's when I think he got kind of snarky. And I don't
2: blame him. Okay. And to be fair, He's, I saw the one thing where he came in and was like, no, it's always been canon, and it's there in the movies, and somebody's like, okay, where? I've got it pulled up on Netflix right now. And that's that's what I saw. I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, so let's answer that for the the fans, you guys, who are backing this. How is this canon? I mean, I'm honestly not aggressively asking. I'm asking, okay, explain to me. How is this no, canon? No, ask end? aggressively. Like, I want to
4: see how, like, serious you are about your Groot love because yeah, you'll I fucking go to bed for Korg. We've seen that shit. I did
2: not go to that <laughs> Haven Court, you fucking asshole? Oh, no.
4: <laughs> but you'll defend the comic book version of The End of the Earth. But, oh, baby Groot. Who cares? Ooh, these fanboys. Why don't you tell me why it's so good? Yeah. Listen, Charles, I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's actually quite an easy answer. Uh, and I could put it eloquently. Uh, when Groot died, he was reborn as an offshoot of himself that has no memory of anyone or anything. Like a real baby. You know, he's like, like spin-off Groot. Like or, a Phil. Or like, so, uh,
1: I don't know. Well, Groot was born from his own seed. Yeah.
5: Just like in farming, when you take a tree clipping to start a new tree, that yep. that first tree is now the parent tree. And you can grow a second tree off of that clipping, but they're not the same tree, Charles. And
1: what's weird, do. he's going to grow like a weed.
5: Welcome to breaking
3: the barn door oh. with Philip Keating. <laughs> breaking the orchards, please. <laughs> Uh yeah, uh so is he, gonna set up, is he gonna lay
1: down roots and start a family?
3: <laughs> the the puns were real on the hey, Reddit man. So. <laughs> They were great. Um so somebody somebody on the Reddit thread about this whole thing started going after people like people do. Why they and weird. he's like uh someone's like, Groot's not a plant though, he's a plant like alien and blah blah blah. And he's like, His character has been based upon natural plant life rules, so no read the comics i responded to him like which issue did quill dance battle ronin in before the film came out asking for a friend yeah and he's like, the adventurers themselves may change, but the characters remain constant. When the characters are no longer true to their source, they are a farce at best and an imposter at worst. What does the, does this make any sense to you? And I go. I love the voice, no. by the way. I love the voice. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because internet pompousness. Come on, I'm like, no, because you're being self-serving and willfully ignorant with your argument. MCU Peter Quill and Star Lord is very dif- a very different personality from comics Quill. Gamora is different. Drax is different. I'm sorry, friendo, you're full of manure. Like it, it, the guardian, the film version of the guardians of the galaxy is James Gunn's take on the team and, and, and those characters, you know what I mean? And so y- you can't pull that classic quote unquote, read the comics because we have two films that are wildly different than what the comics were like before those films happened. Now, since then, you know, the writing style of creators who are working with those characters might've shifted, to, to be more in line with the MCU versions because, I mean, that's usually the generally the right play you play to what the audience expects. But, and I haven't read recent guardian stuff, but I know f- before guardians was kind of like rough it was kind of brutal the characters were super serious and kind of angsty
4: the blame i would say the blame is really more on editorial because they're the ones who kind of decide the direction of even where the writers are going to take it plus as you know because we've talked about it before bendis sort of took over guardians you know (laughs) a little before the movie and then pretty much up until mostly now so that characterization of star lord is there and they, yeah. they more or less changed everybody to be like the movies, which I'm not a huge fan of because they don't do it with everything, but they did right. it here.
2: Well, um, I, heard a, I heard a theory that ties into this, is that you know we know that Marvel is doing the reboots, right? All the new number ones, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, so this is just a the basic theory. It ties into this, and if I'm wrong, it's not my theory, so screw it. Uh, but that Marvel is rebooting to go along with Infinity War and what the outcome of Infinity War is going to be. To match no. kind of being everything more in line.
1: Okay, that that uh, I, that's a decent theory, but it makes me think that that's kind of like saying that, uh, uh, what's his nuts, Game of Thrones man is going to change what the next book is because of the way the TV show went.
3: There's no next book. Yes. No, I, that, 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 Have you no. seen
4: that guy? He's like hanging out with all of his money, like rolling around in yeah. gold and whatnot. George R.R. Martin ain't got time to write your motherfucking well, book, boy.
2: But I appreciate I appreciate you using George
1: R.R. His- Tolkien, is that... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
2: appreciate you using his proper nomenclature of what's his nuts. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, when you have a show like iZombie that has a subplot about how George R.R. Martin will never finish the books, you know that like he's never finishing the books.
1: Well, that's like the joke yeah. that Stewie ran out and saying, what, in 2005, he said he escaped from uh, uh, Kevin Spacey's basement.
3: Oh, yeah wow that's like that's pure prophecy that's almost like simpson's level prophecy <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah
5: prophecy if you know it's true and you don't
3: really want <laughs> to, to say anything Matt Groening is a time traveler uh, that's like my favorite theory ever it's and there's so much evidence to support it that it's hard to argue against but anyways moving on um yeah, so like that was it was a really interesting conversation. Charles, you're wrong. He gets to decide he's the guy.
2: Yeah. I never if said he couldn't if you, decide. I just didn't like that his own Twitter. It, if anything. you
3: write and direct a Marvel movie, you get to tell us what's canon for it, I guess. All right. <laughs> except, Casey, except Korg
2: will still be blue. Casey. <laughs> yeah. the fuck up. Casey, we, we we are paying you big money to be our comic book expert. Is this based in the comics where Groot is his own son?
4: Actually, no. Uh, as far as I can tell, every time Groot has been, like, destroyed or, like, a sprig of him has been cut off and he's kind of regrown, it's almost certainly been the same Groot. Um, same memories, same attitude. Uh, mm. But but here, it's... They they do make a point to say that, you know... I mean, baby Groot acts differently. Um, he doesn't... You know, he has no memories. It, it, it works in the context of the film. So I'm willing to let them you know take that where it is you know i don't know why people are so hard debating him on it like who cares
3: i just don't get like debating the the guy
4: like what yeah but what difference does it make whether he's like groot classic or new groot it
3: the direction's
4: the direction
3: well that's that's what i mean though like i just don't understand like it'd be like going and watching man of steel and arguing with snyder about canon within his universe you know what i mean Hmm. And like, well, that's not canon in your universe. And he's like, mother trucker, I wrote the, I wrote this and I made this. You know what I mean?
1: But he doesn't pay attention to his own rules. So why should he pay attention? I mean,
3: you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, but I mean, but that's another, like, that's an example of something that's very contentious. Like Chris wisdom rip. I mean, uh, (laughs) he's stateside still. It's fine. I just won't make that joke later. Um, You know, he really had huge issues with the what he considers a mischaracterization of of the character of, you know, Clark Kent slash Superman, which is fair, but you can't argue with, you know, the guy who made the movie and say what is or isn't canon within his continuity that he made. After the fact, perhaps when somebody else grabs the helm, then you can start throwing things up in the air. That's that's my whole thing is don't argue with the guy who did it, you know, or gal or whatever.
2: I guess I could,
5: and I feel like a little bit he was just throwing a match onto some oily rags to see what happened.
3: (laughs) Oh, he—you could—he, like you said earlier, Phil—he interacts with people on a fairly common basis on Twitter, and I like it. Yeah, I love it. He—he threads the needle between being a little too snarky and being really funny. So,
2: yeah, hits that sweet spot. Awesome sauce. We always like the sweet spots to be hit, you know, Uh by tree bearing weirdos i don't know where i went with that casey this isn't the are you talking about in the comics or in the movie screen is the first look of the captain marvel the movie
4: did you open it
2: no (laughs) do i ever no i I didn't open shit
1: you need to to, because my grandma's curtains are there on display
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's an onset picture of of zachary levi as captain marvel wait
1: you're telling me chuck is playing super or Suzanne?
4: yeah yeah. yeah, I'm done. I'm <laughs> call me tapped out. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um I'm super on board with it because his costume looks pretty much like it was lifted right off the pages. Yeah. He's got the-, the 1970s TV show. They just recycled it. Uh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd have I think my dad or grandfather might remember that show, but hey, 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 whoa, whoa, wait, hey, man, saying? it's cool. I mean, look, I know some people who've had their sexual awakening to ISIS and all that other wait, stuff. What?
2: The- <laughs> like the terrorist group? What are you no. talking about? Casey? <laughs> I mean, this is an insane guest that you're offending by calling him a terrorist masturbator. Right.
5: That joke
2: doesn't really work
5: since hey, like Charles, 2012. Hey, first off, don't kink shame
4: him. Jesus. Uh, I mean, the man already got fired. Let's 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 be nice to him. <laughs> Look, it was the secrets of ISIS. It was part of that whole power, it was hour. Hour. It was a power hour. You got me, Hammond. All right, good. See,
3: I
1: was actually... At home, watching that as a, a kid, live with my lucky charms. Right. Because yeah, I'm okay. that old. Go ahead. Say yeah, it.
4: Between her and what? Lindsay Wagner is the bionic woman. I mean, you had your your pick of the litter of ladies. On oh, TV. and
1: then also you'd watch the fall guy to finish things off.
4: Yeah. 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 Now this guy okay, anyway. fucking weird. <laughs> Can we please sounds- talk about the headlines. This sounds
3: like the longest. Journey to arrive at self fulfillment. Oh my god! Know what I mean. oh, <laughs> like, oh. N- Ninety minutes of old television later. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Then let's just skip right to Buck Rogers and Wilma Daring. Yeah.
2: Okay. There you go. Enough.
4: Laura, uh, Raquel I Welch. We'll name them all. Okay. We'll no. Keep going.
2: No, we won't. Z- <laughs> Jesus fuck <laughs> all. Zachary
4: Levi is Captain Marvel. His costume looks perfect from the angle that we get it. We don't see the lightning bolt in the middle, which could make or break the whole thing, but he's got the white double half cape with the gold trim. He's got the cuffs. The red is bright and vibrant. It looks like a bold, new, maybe good direction for DC falling in the vein of Wonder Woman's outfit being brightened up for her own movie. It looks like
1: he's hanging out in Whoville.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it looks like he's in a mall or something. It looks, honestly, it looks
3: great because like, you expect this film to have like a, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek quality to it, like it has to. To, to well, that's my
1: question: Is this going to be
4: funny, or are they playing this well, straight?
3: It's definitely going to be funny.
5: You have a, a full-grown man in a onesie that's <laughs> yeah. red.
4: Yeah, yeah. Captain like, Marvel is literally a man-child.
5: Yeah, I mean, all I see is this red suit with the yellow. Uh, bracers in the Christmas tree, and he just looks like Turbo Man from Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's I time. Bill,
1: you and I are thinking the same thing.
5: So I'm excited to see that come to life on the on the big screen. Sure,
4: <laughs> but do you think Sinbad sure. will also be in this movie? I mean, yeah. What
5: I mean, what what else is he doing?
1: You know, he's got talent.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> um.
3: Charles is holding his head in his hands (laughs) For those of you who aren't seeing our video Charles is literally holding his head in his hands Which I consider a personal victory
4: (laughs) (laughs) We've won the day
3: (laughs) <laughs> the day is mine. It's
2: mine. Uh, Ad- address all complaints to at Soapbox Clots on Twitter. He won't read mine. them, he but at least, yeah, no, he won't read them. But at <laughs> least it'll be there,
3: and and watch <laughs> them properly. Drag them to the junk box. Yeah, Ooh. empty recycle bin. Oh god!
1: Yeah, no. Uh, are, see- are, digitally, are they going to have to digitally remove uh, Chuck's beard for this one? Or these- <laughs> oh
3: Lord. Oh man, his his whole face is just a CGI amorphous blob the whole movie.
1: <laughs> Big digital potato hanging off his
4: face. It's the same head as Billy Batson and Captain Marvel.
3: You know, it's funny you say that because Chris literally just shared something on Twitter to do with Zack Snyder, and Zack Snyder's got like a full beard and mustache going on. And somebody's like, oh, what a man or whatever. And then people started making jokes about having to CGI it it all out to make them look like what they expect them to look. It's
4: like, haha, just kidding. We all know how well that went. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this looks dope, though, uh,
3: Casey. Uh, I'm excited.
4: I, I you know, it's you might be able to get shades of a Superman movie that we wouldn't get. With a, a Snyder verse, because you know, for as much as people say that Superman is the big, blah, the big blue Boy Scout, Captain Marvel is the big red cheese. He takes Superman to like another level of being sure. like, I stand for truth and justice because that's what heroes do. Like that's his whole steeze, you know.
1: Hey, I just put a link that I was reading through the Batman Twitter feed, and there suggest Zach Levi suggesting that Batman's gonna have a cameo cameo
2: in Shazam.
4: Oh. Don't don't brood up my, my Shazam movie. Unless it's him like giving Batman a wedgie with his underwear it's, on the outside. It's
2: Pacifier 3 where Batman babysits Shab- Shazam.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, the DCEU is kind of like uniquely positioned right now to try to... Fix it? Well, because Justice League wasn't a colossal failure. They managed to salvage a bit there. Uh, though clearly the film could have been better. It was still pretty decent overall. Um, we know. Uh, did we talk about? No, we didn't have a chance to talk about this yet, did we? Uh, that Joss Whedon is off the Batgirl project now. Yeah, was, yeah, that yeah, came did. out. Yeah, that came out this past week. Um, I do ha- We might not have an article link in the show notes after the fact, but uh, yeah. Uh, so that that got announced. He uh, he walked away from it, saying that he. Basically, he was so enthusiastic about doing the project and the people at Warner Brothers were supporting him so well that they got really far forward and he realized he had nothing story wise, like he had literally no story to tell. Um, Whether that's true or not remains to be seen. I mean, he has been the subject of some controversy uh, in recent months. And so, you know, this might be another Warner Brothers giving somebody a nice, calm, polite out. Uh, which they've been apt to do lately. But the reason I bring that up is because I think it, you can definitely pivot here. You know, Justice League restored some faith from some people, even the, the like, the holdouts who are like, oh, the DCU is terrible that were like, eh, okay, it could have been worse. Um, you can definitely deliver with Shazam and have it be funny and good at the same time and, like, transition. Uh, you can spice up your tone a little bit and make it a little more positive, And this might be a good chance for that. So
4: I have a positive outlook on this. I'm very excited about it. I get, get excited for almost nothing DC these days, but the only thing that could shock me more is if they're like, here's a booster gold movie right. with Nathan Fillion. And I'd be like,
1: I want to see the Jack of Spades or the, what is the Jack of hearts? That weird miniseries that Marvel came out with back in the late eighties to um, put
4: him in infinity war.
1: Yeah, he'd be great.
4: Booster Gold <laughs> in Infinity War?
1: No, he said oh, Jack of
3: Hearts. Oh, yeah, Jack of, okay, Jack of yeah. Hearts.
1: That's what his name was, Jack of Hearts. Yeah,
3: I didn't realize that was a reference to a character. I was a familiar. No, no I,
4: I'm. A, I got comic book cred, not a lot, but some. Hey, I'm. I'm like golf clapping underneath the table right here. Wow, wow, whoa, whoa, Casey. <laughs> There's some lines we do not want to. Look, cross I really them. like Jack of Hearts. Right? He was an Avenger that never got his due. <laughs> he got killed by Scarlet Witch, it was bullshit. Whatever, anyway.
2: So I, I, I stepped on this one a minute ago about the uh, Marvel's Fresh Start. Yeah, go with it, Casey. You did, it, but it's not
4: a reboot because Marvel doesn't do reboots except that reboot that they did two years ago, which wasn't
2: really a reboot but still kind of counted anyway.
4: Don't Quite call a it a comeback. Don't call it a reboot. We've been publishing comics for years. No.
2: Get quiet uh, on me a little bit, somehow, Casey. Yeah.
4: Uh, the Marvel Fresh Start quote-unquote is just marvel being like hey we're all we're kicking off our books again get reading everybody when like five months ago they're like oh marvel legacy we're kicking off the books again everybody like check them they're struggling really really hard to get people to read comic books these days to be honest there's not a ton of stuff that marvel's putting out that i'm loving that isn't a lot of the star wars books um i read avengers I read a meager handful of X-Men titles. I, you know, I am a diehard Captain America fan. But they're like struggling to grasp people, you know, being able to jump in. And there are people who watch these movies and they're, they they want to be like, I want to read a sweet Black Panther run. And it's like the best run that they got, other than one that started two years ago with uh, Todd Hesse Coates, is from 1999. It's the, it's the Christopher Priest run. Um, and I know Phil may have just gotten a kickstart on that because he he tapped me for what he should pick out of Marvel Unlimited. But, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's a dime, there's like a not a dime a dozen good runs of characters, but like they're so far and few between, but now they're they're like, all right, we got to get these movie people now. Black Panther in one weekend has made more money than the character has made in 60 years of publication. Sure. So, so what are we going to do? So they do this big image that's got, More or less, all the big stars from the movie on there, plus a couple like unsuspecting people that are hot in the comics and Tumblr, and that they're trying to get more traction on. Like, they've still got Miles Morales on there, they've got Jessica Jones, they've got the Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Um, for some reason, they have Gambit, who cares uh but gene gray is back and on this the hulk is back and on this who gene gray with that classic look too yeah Yeah. she just came back to life and they put her in her 90s outfit which is uh wolverine is uh, a middle-aged man again as opposed to an old man um the punisher is on this who he really hasn't gotten much limelight you know since his show caps back in the classic you know outfit which thank god yeah and, you can do it. Say, I oh, can to I say say it, say venom. I don't want. Can I say it? Say venom. Something about venom. Casey, just say venom. I'm not going to. Venom is also in it. Venom's on the corner, and he's getting a new number one book,
2: which it's <laughs> okay. by a writer I... I
4: really like, and I might actually have to read it. And I'm oh, happy sure. about it. Donny Cates, damn you, Donny Cates.
1: Okay, I have two things to say about Venom, and about one about this whole thing, and then one about Venom. I feel like this whole thing For again. Sure.
4: Choose your words carefully (laughs) if you want to be back. Okay. Oh, wow. Because I already have to tolerate some symbiote love from this clown in the Pokemon church. No, no,
1: no. Just just believe me. There's no, just hang on. This feels like one of those grabs to get people to buy a bunch of number ones that they're going to be collectible at some point. Right. This all, every time they restart everything and they churn out a bunch of ones, I'm just like, okay, this is dumb. Everyone's going to run out and buy them and then put them in plastic. And they're not going to go up because everyone has them in plastic. Yep. You need everyone's mom to go through and throw a bunch of them away before they go up in value. Right. Uh what I'm gonna say about Venom though is the Venom trailer looked really good, except for the fact I didn't see freaking Venom. Yeah, it's true. That was the that was the worst if, if trailer could, ever.
2: I'm
4: sure carnage. It looked like nothing because there was nothing in the trailer, and it was a trailer about nothing. Hey. Tom Hardy was in that trailer. Yeah. I'm a big I, fan.
1: I watched Tom Hardy read the. I, I saw. I watched that one that he was in with Reese Witherspoon and Captain Kirk. I'll watch him in anything.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. No, don't, don't don't pull a, a, I'm in. I'll watch it. Don't pull a Travis on us. Travis No, there was
1: a romantic comedy that had Reese Witherspoon, Captain Kirk, and Bane in it. And I'm just like, I'll watch it because it's got you him don't in it. You have
5: to promote your fanfic here on the show. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> www.politeammy.com <me>
1: <laughs> No, I don't even know what it's called. I just remember watching it with my wife and just enjoying it.
2: Yeah, Captain Kirk and Bang, Bang. And, and who else? Reese Witherspoon.
3: Is that... Okay, so I'm looking at this image, Casey. Is
4: that Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider? Yes, and he is actually on the new lineup of Avengers that's being done by Jason Aaron and Ed McGuinness, which includes fan favorites such as Thor is back with his own hammer or yeah. what looks like a totally blinged out gold Mjolnir which is super sweet. Black Panther, classic Cap, uh Doctor Strange, who else? Uh She-Hulk as the Hulk which is cool yeah. but she looks pretty big uh there. Uh and Captain Marvel. I think that's everybody. And Iron Man, of course. You can't have the Avengers without Iron Man. Well, both Hulks are there actually. Is it? Yep. Yeah. yeah, there's
3: there, there's a giant green dude oh, right oh, above spider Yeah, on the
4: uh, on yeah, on the on the big on the big like introduction image. I'm talking, but on the actual Avengers team that they're doing. Oh right, go yeah, ahead. separate book. The,
1: um, the movie's called This Means War. they are two <laughs>
5: spies.
2: I referenced I that like two crazy. weeks ago. Yes, <laughs> I was ready to let this go. I couldn't remember that uh, Captain was Kirk was name. I referenced Charles that two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> I didn't. Care I enjoyed
2: that too. Thanks, Charles. You're okay. welcome. Um, that'll get you no credit on this show but you're welcome But you know Hammond brings up a good
4: point it's I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a cash grab for people to get number ones because I feel like even everyday people know that comic books aren't worth anything and won't be worth anything at least the ones that come out now are like right. you know Fantastic Four 52 first appearance of Black Panther that's huge now you know and I don't have it but I've got 48 49 50 and 51 which is crazy um but you know they they want people to get interest in their books again dc hit it huge with dc rebirth it was an easy way for people to just jump in and like mm-hmm. telling you the the stories that you expected from these characters superman got his underwear back you know wonder woman was still kicking butt but they also had they didn't make her just she, the her crazy. Too. she also had her underwear back Doomsday clock. Doomsday, doomsday clock doomsday yeah doomsday clock is like hey all you people whose entrance to comic books is watchmen now it actually matters in terms of things
2: you sure. could be reading month to month who, wait 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 sorry who actually inter- has an interest in comics watchmen there's far yeah, more accessible comics girls. than watchmen everybody yeah, but the watchmen film was an entry point for yeah he's
1: got it right in front of him nothing says nothing says
2: superheroes like I giant blue buy buy penises Yeah, I know. I don't say people don't buy them, but that's a weird entry point. The
3: other thing you got to realize is, you know, Snyder did Watchmen. Well, Snyder did Watchmen and 300, which are both comic adaptations that were really those films did really well, which is arguably why he was given the DCEU, like the helm, basically. And I mean, those films really set up what has happened for the last 10 years as far as DC films go. So
1: saying Blade was my introduction to comic books, Blade the movie.
3: I don't. Yeah. I don't know why you're saying that in a negative fashion. Those yeah. well, the first no, the first movie's pretty bad. The no,
4: second podcast host <laughs> trying to ice skate uphill. Uh, the
3: the second Blade I still hold as one of the best comic movies.
1: I like the one with Deadpool in it because that's really what he was.
4: Yes, that's well, but League. I don't Hunter like Kings. that movie because
3: dude, you can't say the third movie was good though. It was that was a chop job. How did
4: I accidentally walk into two conversations about Blade <laughs> Trinity? I was just in the audience for the Blazing Defender report not even an hour ago. And that got broke.
2: <laughs> Because what the hell? I blame it's, you, Casey.
4: Blade you. Trinity is always lurking in the shadows, just waiting for you to forget about it. So they can like, back in your life. Like a real vampire. <laughs> no, but.
2: So, uh, you guys are So,
3: to jump in on this, Casey, because uh, I, I think I get where you're going here. My thing is, I'm. I'm with Hammond on the. I don't need number ones because nobody. Ultimately, the number ones don't matter to me. But I do think it's about time that Marvel does something like Rebirth, where they give people this jump-off point. I, there's something's got to happen with the way these comic companies cult, like cultivate the whole experience. You know how they curated, I guess,
4: mm-hmm.
3: to to offer people inroads. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that's got to be partly ingrained in editorial, you know, like editorials got to know every once in a while on various books, we've got to have a good entry point for people to jump in and start, you know, this journey with this character or the this set of characters for a little while. And then, you know, whether it be every 12, 18, 24 months or something like that, they do it, you know, some kind of solid transition where they shake things up enough that, you know, it's another entry or exit point for people. Um, I just think that it's, Otherwise, it's this overwhelming mass of these often interwoven storylines, self-referencing story, you know, or cross-referencing storylines and stuff. Continuity
4: heavy. Yeah, it's,
3: it's really intimidating.
4: You're, and you're right. And, and I can say this as, you know, a person who reads a lot of stuff on a regular basis every Wednesday. The only way you can really get someone into reading comics on a regular basis. First, you have to provide them the means to read it easily. Most people aren't going to run out to their local comic book store and buy something every month. Yeah. I mean, you just have this new experience going and getting a pull list for a Kirkman book. Right. But, but more but than, yeah. yeah,
3: but I'm doing that because it's an image book and it's Kirkman and could it be has, an investment. Yeah. Really? It could be an investment. It could also be the next best thing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I you wouldn't do that for Marvel or DC though, because they have their comics are available on apps and stuff. I can just wait. Right. I
5: haven't I haven't bought a Marvel book in years because right. I'll just wait six months to read you know all the issues that are coming out sure so I mean yeah. they rebooted how many years ago
2: uh, I'll eight? just wait till they make a Netflix show and I'll watch it there yeah <laughs> I guess
4: well you know to the to the point of the number ones too this is the eighth I believe I did the math on this the eighth Avengers number one since oh, wow. 2010. Since 2010. Since 2010.
5: So they have a number one every year.
4: Pretty much. Yeah. Whether it's like a new Avengers, not even counting a new Avengers or a secret Avengers. I'm talking just regular vanilla Avengers number one. How are we supposed to know about the secret Avengers? It's in the name. It's a secret. I know. (laughs) Listen, th- there's all these. There's Secret Avengers. There's New Avengers. There's Mighty Avengers. There's an adjective for every Avengers team you could want.
1: Remember back them. in the day when they had the West Coast Avengers?
4: Yeah, bring that back. I want some West Coast action. Come on. <laughs> Have the East Coast thing. West Coast rivalry brought no. up again? No, th- let me tell you something. The Avengers are based out of New York City and upstate New York. And I could tell you two things on this show that come from both of those places. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Not good. <laughs> I'm taking you down with me on this trip. Yeah, I do like how that was
3: like, let me grab the human shield and explode my suicide vest. Uh, wow.
4: But, but you know what? I got to say, from what I've seen, and this also leads to my next headline, There, there's a lot of interesting direction on some of these books coming out. Especially with the way the Avengers lineup is. It ties into this whole Avengers 1 million BC storyline that they did last year, or they hinted at. Uh, which has got like Hulk with the star brand and the first Black Panther that we got a glimpse of in the movie. So you get some little touches like that, stuff they've been building for a while, but stuff that's also fresh and new for readers.
2: It's like uh, all, that, all, all fresh and all new.
4: A little bit different than the last but,
2: one. Look, that they Charles, did. if you're so fresh and, so supreme, fresh and, supreme, and Yes! Yeah. You're making me feel tonight.
4: It's hard to let it go. Is that, No. Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, is that what we were doing? No. In
3: the
2: I don't think Charles speaks Kingdom
4: Hearts. I thought we were oh, going. I do. For- I
2: don't care. It's Casey. Who cares? All right. All He's right. from upstate New York. He said it didn't matter.
4: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to get too <laughs> too into this uh, more than I already have. But Nahesi Coates has written an acclaimed run on Black Panther. One of the heralded as maybe the best or second best of all time because it it deals with it's a very politically driven comic and it's very today. Um, in terms of things like international politics, race relations, and, you know, even as something that's going to what is essentially a predominantly white audience. I mean, people who read comic books are white guys in their thirties, you know, but you can't shake that. That's why you have so many horrible people on the internet who are like, oh, why don't they make a White Panther movie, you know, where the cast is all white guys and it takes place in Scandinavia. Meanwhile, they've gotten three Thor movies and they don't. Yeah, I was going to say they made three Thor movies. We're good. Right. But those guys, those awful people who are like ready to burn their bridges with like G.I. Joe comics because they're becoming more politically aware. Like, give me a break. Are they actually
2: hitting targets with the lasers? Then I'm going to stop reading if they start (laughs) actually shooting people. No, see, in the comics they
4: actually use guns. That's uh, they do. I did, I did see a
2: few of those, but yeah,
4: yeah. Um, but Coates is now going to be writing Captain America in a couple of months, and I this article was long that I put in there, so I don't blame you if you didn't read it. But there's a lot of things in there that makes me happy to read it because it's you know Cap has always been a politically charged character. I think that's a very important part of him and what makes his books something that you really need to read. You know, it's a man who is the symbol of America, but he's always constantly questioning if the place he represents is doing the right thing. Mm. And the times where it hasn't, he's given it up or he's fought against it. And it's all sort of within the realm of his character. You know, he describes him as Lincoln-esque here and he cites some other great issues. And it's something that I'm really excited about. I don't care for the artist that he's, he's picked, Lionel Yu. I don't think he draws a very good cap, especially after, you know, the run that we're getting now has a guy, Chris Somney on it, who draws cap very much in the same way that Kirby did all those years ago. But I'm just, you know, it's that Avengers. There's new Dan Slott is going to be doing Iron Man. The Hulk has just come back to life and he's immortal. So that's kind of a bold new direction. Marvel's pulling out a bunch of new stops to get people. And I think they might get him this time. They certainly got me to to open my books.
1: I am super invested in the Lexus sponsored Kindle. Um Black Panther Run, where every episode he ends up riding on top of a Lexus. Oh
4: my God! What is the name of that book? Are you kidding? I just got it the other
1: day. Black, is that? It's is called that? Black
2: Panther Lexus. Is that no. real, or is that something you're no. like?
1: No, I am dead serious. It Kendall, serious. There's a Kindle uh, Lexus sponsored Black Panther Run. It, it's,
4: it's, it's called free, Black. It? It's called it Black Panther's Soul of a Machine. <sighs> uh,
3: I thought it was going to be called Riding on the Hood. Well, I, I, I'm personally going to like you know do a three point turn. And touch back on the, uh, the actual topic here. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to hear, uh, Coates is going to write on a uh, cap. Um, that'll be, I think that'll be really interesting. That's a great book. That's the kind of book and entry point that I think a lot of people will be excited about potentially, yeah. you know, you've got a, a pretty critically acclaimed writer here jumping in on a book that will tackle tough topics and that's good. Um, I think it's it's a recipe for success as long as it's done well. And it sounds like they're supporting him in a way that's going to make it easier for him to do well. So that's great. I'm excited for that. I, I, that might be a jump in point for me. That might be where I start reading cap, you yeah. know what I mean? On a regular. I, I agree. I just so, said
5: that I haven't yeah, bought a Marvel great. book in years. And I, I think probably... it's easy
3: to fall into the trap with the, with this soft reboot that they're doing here of just being like the super negative nerd that we all are at times yeah. and just be like, oh, we don't need more number ones and everything else. Not to say that it's not a valid criticism, but we got to give them a chance to try some new things because right now they're, as we just talked about and as we've talked about in weeks past, they're so stagnant and so dull that there's nothing driving people to actually read week to week. And you know, it there's something's got to save the art form basically.
4: So hopefully this is it. Phil, what's, what's getting your ass out of your seat to go to the store and maybe grab this one?
5: Uh, for me, the writing. I mean, you know, he's he's a great writer, but he's also scared to actually take on a, a, a cap, you know, book. So, I mean, it comes out 4th of July, so I'll yeah. probably go out and, and pick issue one. I'll probably give it a five, five issue try out. Yeah. You know, I can afford 25 bucks. An arc. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I I'm, I dig it. This will be the first Marvel book I bought since... Oh, shit. What? Deadpool 250? Okay. And that was, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Uh,
4: no, last year. Uh-uh. No, oh, yeah, no, they're almost up to Deadpool 300. Yeah, that's yeah. maybe four, four, four years ago. Oh, boy. I'm getting old.
5: Yeah.
3: That made me think for a second how awesome it would be if like 300 and Deadpool did a crossover. (laughs) Yeah. Like like he pops (laughs) a dimensional portal and just shows up at.
2: We have now fully swapped roles. We are fully swapped roles on this show today. I just, I kind of want to see a
3: spoof book like that. Like a one-off, like, where he just jumps into the middle of that conflict and well they, just, they
4: did announce they a, the the choose your own adventure Deadpool book right did you guys hear about that?
3: I did not hear about no. that that sounds amazing. Oh
4: that's that was probably a good headline I, I should have put in. Um, this was earlier in the month but it's um, it's called you are Deadpool uh, and it's it really is like a like a choose your own adventure comic but it's it's pan, it's panel by panel. <laughs> instead of instead of page by page um you can look it up there's actually a really great article on nerdist that that introduces the concept um but it's it's pretty neat uh and it, it comes out in may so you have some time to brace yourself uh but it's it's the first it's not the first but it's it's the latest in a line of cool things that marvel will occasionally do with their books, like. Uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. They did a choose-your own adventure thing that was page by page, uh-huh. um, and that was by Ryan North, who, who so is, is pretty sweet. So. That makes me think. That was
1: Ryan. nuts, bro. That was absolutely nuts.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> going to go to your it, corner?
3: It was. And why no. don't they? Why don't they do that through Unlimited? Like, have have every once in a while release an interactive comic type thing? yeah like like a choose your own because i'm thinking like deadpool is an easy win there i would want to i would go through the story multiple times like i did through choose your own adventure books as a kid to see the different outcomes you know what i mean so i would want to see how deadpool tackles whatever story is in that in that issue in a couple of different ways i would even do it with other characters though too because if it was done well you know if it was executed well that's a lot of like that's people interacting with your property and like staying with it and being excited about something like that. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. Can, Can I bring up how they'd screw that up?
3: Yeah.
4: Sure.
1: They would make it a microtransaction for every time. Yeah. you.
4: <laughs> oh, that would be, that would be the kill of the yeah, EA that would, presents Marvel comics. The game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just saying that it's a great idea I love it but you know they would Microtransaction the crap out of that for every time It'd be pay 99 cents or use 35,000 space jewels to get your Your next try uh, You know
4: yeah. the,
3: the temptation
4: is there to do How's that How's Contest the Champions with that Charles? <laughs> <laughs> or strike force. Uh, uh, strike force is big, not bad on The there. biggest money grab these days
3: But you know I mean the temptation Is definitely there to do something like that but I think Marvel and DC in particular because they're pillars of the comic because the indies can like get by for the because their their
4: whole business is
3: structured around not being too big anyways
4: and so rewarding they, creators.
3: Right. And so but the two pillars of comics community, they're big, giant companies, you know, that have a lot of overhead and everything. You've got to do something that gets people reinvigorated in your core product, which is the, the written page obviously you have to embrace the internet and, and technology and get people reading that way. Cause they're not going to keep showing up at the newsstand or the, the local comic shop forever that those days, Chris, Chris is rolling in his cot right now. I can, he can just, I know he knows that I'm saying this cause we disagree on this often when we talk about it, but I'm like, it, as much as I'm, an, you know, as vulnerable to nostalgia as anybody is, that time is passing. The, the new generation of kids coming up, they're going to want stuff on their phones. They're going to want it on their tablets. This kind of idea done digitally—if if they could get to the point where they were putting out a couple of books that way every month, even if it was just two, would be incredible, and people would be amped for it. Um, and I think it could go—it it could be gangbusters, man. Like, they, but they'd have to do it right. They'd have to get good creative on it, and. You know be able to pump it out on a regular basis but that'd be a really exciting thing because then you have a reason to go back through the same story more than once
1: right. and
3: you know what i mean and what, not just in a video point? game
1: sense what do you think the price point would be on that
3: well that's why i said unlimited um you know obviously they want to funnel people into the unlimited service the unlimited service isn't cheap because i think the cheapest is i think you 70, can get a
5: 75 a year
3: right and sometimes they do promos on it too. I think you can get as cheap as like 60 once in a while. Um, it's not cheap, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's cheaper than buying four or five books every week, you know, but that's, that's just not going to happen for a lot of people. Um, and obviously a digital service with, with direct pay like that, you cut out a lot of the overhead uh, or at least you transfer a lot of the overhead, the overhead that they have to cover already with the existing service and um, I would say, yeah, I would just make it part of Unlimited and, and just sweeten the pot for that buy in. Yeah. That, that's the kind of thing. Because the biggest issue Unlimited is great. I, we, I, we've sung its praises many times here on the show. Um, I'm a big proponent of it when people talk to me, but well, how do I get back into comics? I'm like, well, get Unlimited because it's worth the money if you want to actually read comics. Um, the only problem is the six month delay where they're trying to cushion, you know, obviously their physical print business it's such a long delay that things lose relevance. You know, when you read an article like this on the Atlantic or you go read an article on Nerdist or something like that, those issues that they're talking about, like the current run of whatever's going on, doesn't hit for six months. You've forgotten about it by the time it does. And it's too late. You know, you're already losing people. Um, They've got to start moving that up a little bit, probably slowly, but kind of in relationship with the fact that people just aren't buying comics. I mean, they keep, all their wow. earnings reports are showing that over and over again that people aren't buying comics. So
5: Yes, but what what I will say about people losing interest in the actual issues, you know, waiting that 6 months is um personally, I just wait for whatever film comes out in 3, 6 or 9 months and then I start reading their, you know, their story arcs when that new sure. movie comes out. So
4: I am so worried for that with Infinity War because that movie is a absolute misnomer. Yeah, like it's a, not going to be anything like the comic. No. no. It, well, well, Civil war had that problem too though. Well, Civil War was close enough. No. It, you had hero versus hero over over a government a that, government act. That's
1: not that's yeah, not well oh, that's, not, that's,
2: that's
1: part of it. That wasn't the the I mean there was so much more to Civil War than that.
2: Yeah. I I mean I agree. Civil War is a great movie, but it, I agree with Yeah, I'm not knocking Civil War, but it, it, if,
1: if you read the whole series, Civil War that's like scratching well, uh, yeah, took a little pain off the wall. Yeah,
4: yeah, but I feel like it's close enough. Like Infinity War had Infinity War. The, the book Infinity War starts with Adam Warlock already having the gauntlet and trying to do right with the universe. Yeah. That's like so ass backwards when Infinity Gauntlet is the story where, again, Thanos already has the gems like he gets the gems from guys called the elders of the universe. And he doesn't even encounter the Avengers until he's already got it completed. Right. You know, you're not going to get a story that's like a spot on. There's one that's close called Infinity. I don't
2: think you're going to get any movie that's going to be close to the books, to be honest. I mean, it's going to just take elements and be its own universe. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: got yeah. too much history to cram into an hour and a half.
2: Right. I mean, that, that that was the issue with Civil War, right? Civil War is like it was
3: it was a it was a company-wide event. It was over it's over 100 issues. I
4: own all of them. It's like 150 something issues.
3: Yeah, and and it it has ramifications and literally every book it touches and it gets down into the minute details in those books like and it's it gets very intricate and you could never really do that in a film right you, you just you can't do that in three hours you know what i mean um you would struggle to do that on a television show like you know if like something like the defenders if you just tried to pull the, the plot lines of civil war for those characters in the defenders and do it in the defender show and make it a full you know length season, you would still struggle to hit all the points. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, you're never going to get, you're never going to replicate what happened on the page
4: perfectly. Yeah. There is infinity, which came out, I think in 2013, which is pretty close. It's the story that introduces the black order, which is the mm-hmm. same band of guys that are like thanos's lieutenants here it's got all the avengers in it and but the only thing is is that it it doesn't really have the stones in it it's him invading earth to just cause some
2: some, it doesn't get the stones it ain't got the stones charles Charles. i was gonna go there i'm glad you did yeah hey Hey, y'all wanna hear some breaking news yeah give me some breaking news this just came through uh damn it why'd you close asshole this just came through fandom but uh the headline is uh Kristen wig is in talks to be cheetah and wonder woman too that's
4: not the breaking news you were th- i was thinking
2: of that's the one that literally just came across my thing that chris wisdom
4: no, is, uh, has thrown some, some no that's st- not breaking news that beloved, was in there, there earlier fan chris wisdom i don't care uh, <laughs> has given us some breaking news that time warner if their at&t merger does not go through they may sell off warner brothers and dc comics he could he could call it a segment. That's not he
2: does not get that kind of attention, but that's no, seriously. That's
4: huge. That can you imagine all this under Disney's roof? That means we finally get the Avengers and the JLA in the same oh, room again. Dis-
3: Disney's not gonna buy it. Disney can't buy it. Disney can buy anything. Everybody would riot. Literally, everyone would be like, no, this is the bridge too far. How can you As, not
4: be in favor of that? Uh
3: I mean. Well, actually, okay, so we've talked about this before i don't like it when people throw the monopoly
4: label <laughs> around word around
3: well i don't like it when people say monopoly in regards to entertainment companies like if if you're like the f- nfl or whatever hey, the
4: xfl's coming back man they're gonna do <laughs> like
3: them. when you talk about disney acquiring star wars acquiring marvel people are like oh it's it's this is really troubling it's becoming a monopoly and i'm like it's all fiction it's entertainment like that you can't monopolize something that is purely a luxury good like you just if you don't like it don't consume it consume something else but i will say that if one company suddenly owns the big two comic companies then the whole comic landscape starts to look a little more homogenous and there doesn't look like there's opportunities in the mainstream for people to to tell different stories outside of what the the overall direction of the parent company is right now we have a nice balance where you know disney slash marvel is doing what they're doing which is amazing with the films and then they're trying to recover on the comic front and then in a weird juxtaposition warner brothers slash dc is doing the opposite with their comics are doing pretty well right now but their films are trying to make it you know make it by if that all comes under one house I don't know what happens. the
4: house of mouse
3: I, I feel like I feel like everything gets eaten up you know like all the stuff that struggles even remotely just suddenly disappears and that stuff's gone forever I mean but
1: we, and- do, but we do get the amalgam movies
4: <gasps> dark claw and super soldier
3: see I'm I'm for that like whoever does end up with Warner Brothers DC I'm for like pen a deal, do a couple crossover movies, even if they're just animated, that would be amazing. It's good for both brands. It worked really great in getting people you know, from both sides to kind of reach across the table and be like, all right, these books are pretty cool. Like I'm a personally a huge fan of Wolverine and Batman mixed into one character. I thought that was really cool, because it also mixed Sabretooth and Joker, which is like amazing. The, book, the hyena. It's genius. Such a genius concept. Um, I would love to see an animated, you know, a series of animated films that tackled that crossover that type. of them.
1: Mark Hamill could voice.
3: Oh man! Just every character in it. No, yeah. no, the hyena. Uh, no, yeah. I know. Yeah, no, obviously, like if it's anything even remotely Joker-related, you got to ask him. So. I'm so, super excited
5: to see Kristen Wiig fight Gal Gadot.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds
4: kind of absurd.
5: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think it's that absurd you know i know she's you know traditionally a comedic actress well all i can think of is
4: you will
3: is her physical comedy that she's done in her and movies and on snl and stuff you know just the awkward looks and the behaving kind of awkwardly so i just feel like it could look like that and that would be
5: yeah but also you you have other comedians that can you know cross that that bridge into you know dramatic roles and oh sure I think I think this could work out really well.
3: I mean, Chris Pratt was just a doughy comedian at one point, and then then he got divorced. Then.
5: Yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> oh,
3: but then he became oh, no. one of the leading action stars, and it works. It's great, actually. You know, because he's yeah. not just good as Star Lord; he's also good in the Jurassic Park movies. So
5: you say I just have to stop eating pizza and drinking beer, and I can be the next Star Lord.
4: Uh, yeah. That's pretty much and what they're you'd have them. to give some very harsh words to Suzanne. <laughs> oh damn!
5: Uh, obviously, you don't know how my marriage works because I already have that pretty
4: much complete. <laughs> okay. Um, is anybody super not excited that it's Cheetah? I mean, I know that she's Wonder Woman's arch nemesis, but I think that's always been stupid and super friends stupid.
3: Yeah, I don't really have any strong feelings.
4: Like, I would prefer Cersei, maybe. I'd I
3: prefer
4: from thundercats <laughs> we're like a, a crossover mania on the brain tonight i'm all about it
5: so charles did you say that she's in talks or she
2: yes, she's, she's in talks she's in talks. Oh, okay
4: so it's, it's not a, a sure well cheetah's a sure thing but i imagine kristen wig is not
2: now current according to this headline kristen wig is not signed yet they're just in talks okay
5: <laughs> who else could play cheetah
4: Get get, get good old Furiosa to do it. Halle Berry. She'd she'd tear Wonder Woman a new one. Halle Berry is cheetah. Interesting. (laughs) I don't know if you want her in another cat costume, my friend.
2: (laughs) Get X. That
1: that was the punchline I was waiting to be told.
2: Yeah, took me a second. Get X Mrs. Pratt and Faris to do it. No, (laughs) she's too small. She's she's teenage sized.
3: So I feel like... Charlize Theron is not going to want to do any kind of like IP like this for a while because of her experiences on Mad Max.
1: Could she do? Uh, could Uma
5: do it?
3: Uh, that would be. Yeah. A... Oh, it's like a great return to. But yeah, that would be Action. No.
2: Mm-hmm. No.
3: It, it'd be neat, but like, I don't. First of all, I don't know if she could do an action movie anymore. I mean, we. It sounds like everything that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, with that car accident and everything, the complications. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: that's right. I forgot about that.
3: It's very because we haven't seen her do anything remotely action related since since doing both uh, Kill Bill, Bill
5: one and two. What about Emma Stone?
4: I'm maybe yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I like her. I just don't.
1: Okay, I got one that's off the wall. You guys might have to do some googling on this, but her name is Danielle Bergio. She's an actress slash stunt stuntwoman who's done a lot of things she'd be good because she's got the acting chops and the physicality already built in
4: like a Zoe bell kind of, mm-hmm,
1: but she's a much better now. actress.
4: Okay. I, I'm on board. I don't know what she looks like though. Um, and
5: well, I mean,
1: like I said, go, do some Googling and look it up. But Daniel Bergio,
2: Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. uh, yeah. Kinda, I, I, I could see cost, cost, you say you, it. God, you know what's coming. You know, what's coming. Melissa McCarthy, baby. Come on. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, she James killed it in James Spy, James. bitches. Please, please keep
3: it. Melissa McFarley out of everything. She
2: killed it in Spy. She could do it. She could do
3: it. I, I mean, would rather Nobody have watched James that James movie, Charles. Like, you're I the watched only that one. that movie? Yeah, I of course you did.
1: It. I loved hey, well, it. Charles, I'm going to be really honest with you, man. I love bad movies. I own Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. I didn't <laughs> see, <laughs> see. We well,
4: all are all missing out.
2: That's all I'll saying. Uh, all right, yeah. Enough of the uh, rambling.
4: Well, no, hold on. I got one more thing to say about Wonder Woman. I think that they could do, they could pull a page from Black Panther and do a really sick movie with Artemis as a bad guy. Uh, she's the redheaded Wonder Woman who once took Wonder Woman's mantle so hard, she put her in a leather jacket and a bra and bike shorts as her costume. So, I mean, that's like the beatdown of the 90s right there. Okay. Sure. Just me then. All right <laughs> Yeah, nobody read that. So. Everybody forgets that, you know. Batman gets replaced by Wonder Batman dies cared. and gets replaced by four guys. Wonder Woman gets her ass kicked, gets her mantle taken, and then she's running around in bike shorts. You know? let's, have, let's have her fight someone meaningful like Lobo. Yeah. Dude. I'm not ready for that world. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm it's down. just she's just fighting aliens now? Sick. Just just
3: just just do Lobo. Like yeah. just it's time.
4: Just have it literally destroyed though,
3: DC needs something to compete with Deadpool, and Lobo would be the perfect property. Yeah, because yeah. it's not slapsticky, but it's still obviously like hyperviolent and a little bit, you know, a lot of bit vulgar. And I think it's got a lot of potential. So
1: what you do is you basically do sense of anarchy in space with Lobo. Yeah. L- Lobo.
3: Absolutely.
4: Space do- biker gang. Yes. Yeah. Hire this man. <laughs>
1: hey,
2: and, and, I, I talked about
1: Kingo and Cash in space last week a lot because that's Thor Ragnarok.
2: Yeah, and you have Ron Perlman be Lobo. Way too old, but I'll take it.
4: No, I'll take it. No. I'll take it anyway. I was trying to think
3: of who you could cast as Lobo. Uh, uh,
4: Momoa would have been perfect. Momoa
3: be. would have been
1: good. up with Aquaman. Bautista would have been good.
4: Yep. Yeah. I'm with that, you just need a large man, just a very large man who can probably rock dreadlocks and extremely white skin. Which, how about not- that? Who,
1: let's see, who's the other professional wrestler that <laughs> in um the Highlander movie? Uh, was it Christian or Edge? Which one is? He? And he also was on the Sci Fi Channel.
4: Wait, did they remake Highlander? And I didn't even know.
1: There, no. he was the last one. It was the one where uh, uh, what's his French man fought TV man.
3: <laughs> yeah, what? I know what you're talking about.
1: Christopher Lambert, yes, fought the other guy from TV in the in this movie. It was yeah. the last one they did. It was horrible, yeah. but it had like Christian or Edge, one of the wrestlers. Had
4: Bruce
3: TV. Payne in it too, didn't it? And I think Donnie so. Again, yeah, and- uh-huh.
1: yeah, they threw the entire kitchen sink at
3: that one. Yeah. Jeez. I remember seeing that back in like two thousand one.
1: Yeah, about time it came out.
3: Yeah, oh. that whole year was a disaster. <laughs> that was that was such a bad <laughs> film. <laughs> And I, I caught that joke, and I'm just going to keep moving. We're just going <laughs> to keep rolling. Uh, it's, it's about really time really good, to hear a little word from our sponsors. Yeah. Cut to, cut to
4: commercial. I got,
5: a, I got a Lobo actor.
4: And, and when we come back... We'll talk more about Highlander Endgame from 2000.
3: Yeah.
5: I have the guy who plays the mountain on Game of Thrones be Lobo.
3: Yes. Oh, the, what? Could you even put him on a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, why not? A very large motor. <laughs> They'd have to build them like build a, a, a separate site. Yeah, like like a like a a big wheel for an, a full grown. <laughs> hey, if
5: they if they can make Tom Cruise look six foot five, they can do anything. <laughs>
2: Wait, how when what? What? They
3: use force perspective with Tom Cruise and How like the Impossible in other
2: movies. Make him look, I never thought he looked six foot five. It's they like don't the make him look 6'5". 5 5 they make him look first, like six foot.
4: You have Gandalf in the foreground and the Hobbits yeah. in the background. That's Tom Cruise. Every
3: movie that's shot with Tom Cruise has to use Hobbit perspective. Yep. Yeah. That and they have to
1: somehow not have you focus on his middle tooth.
2: Oh, God. Apple the, one, the
3: one
1: tooth.
2: And now we're from our sponsors talking about Patreon. We'll be back in a second. Hey, it's the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall, and I'm saying thank you for listening to Breaking the Panel. It means so much to me and the guys here. We really, really appreciate you tuning in each week and listening to us. And if you like what we're doing, please spread the word. Tell people to listen. Get us out there. Help us grow. We really appreciate that. And if you really want to take that extra step, go to patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. And for a dollar, you're just giving us a tip. This is a month. For a dollar a month, you're saying, hey... Thanks for the show. Here's a tip: we appreciate you, and we appreciate that. For five dollars, there's Discord, some other stuff, and then there's some few more levels of support. And I'm not drunk; I'm just just talking weird. That's <laughs> that's how I go. You know how it is on the show. I say things weird. I do things weird. It is what it is, and I am who I am. And we want you to understand that is what the show is all about. Everyone being who they are in the world of fandom. So, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for supporting us at patreon.com. Now, back to the show with Hammond and Phil and Casey and Klotz and some other dude. Oh, you guys are hurting my brain tonight. All right, we're back here. Don't shake your head at me, Klaus. I got to run this thing the way we got to run it. We're back in. Venture- Wait, was that not on the show? That was gold. No, no, no. See, that's all patreon.com forward slash oh, breaking the man. panel. You can see the uncut raw video. And there was some, we almost killed Phil. We oh, He was laughing so hard. He was choking. He turned red. I it's would hilarious.
5: have died if I'm not already dead
2: inside. So. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of dead inside, Hey Hammond, you've got some. <laughs> <fun> for- <Whoa>. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, let's get closer, actually get closer than I wanted to. Uh, no. to any one of us in that joke would have worked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Phil's talking, I'm sorry. They got me at the break. It's a bad thing. No, seriously. Hammond is known for a lot of his podcasting stuff. Soundography beyond the play with Tammy J. I'd shorten it to Hammy J. Is that cool with you?
1: Sure. No one's going to be able to find it that way, but sure.
2: (laughs) 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 And uh, he's an amazing guy. He's done a lot of amazing stuff. But when he reached out to me, was it last June? July?
1: Yeah, actually it was in September when we
2: launched. September, okay. Right around DragonCon then. Yeah. Uh, he's like, hey, I'm launching this network. I'd love for you guys to help support it, promote it, and that kind of thing. It was called the, you know, let me refer to my notes because I'm tired and I don't want to botch this thing, so let me get to my notes here. You climb- just ask me. No, I want to be professional. Shut up. The climb out. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to start Award
3: nominated podcast it. Like you don't. <laughs> Why start being
5: professional now, Charles? You've gone so long without it.
2: He's so mad. Look at his I face. You. I'm not mad. I'm just you guys. All uh, right, the climb out network uh, and the podcast is climb out to sobriety, and it, this concept of a support group. For people, and you talked a little bit about it at the end of the Black Panther panel last week when you were talking about the projects you work on. Uh, just the concept of doing an online support group and a podcast that people can listen to. Let's start with the podcast real quick and we'll kind of work backwards. What is it on the podcast? I picture it because I have I don't even get to listen to my own show, so I haven't had time to listen to it. But I picture this as something you can carry around, listen to it. It, it gives you almost that support that you need if you're feeling as a sponsor if you will yeah, kind of
1: so what we have is we have three therapists that we that I'm friends with and one of them is in charge of the uh, state of Utah's grant for uh, battling the opioid crisis the other is working on our doctorate in psychology or social work I can't remember which one but anyway she's working on a doctorate and then I have a guy who runs an online counseling service called eCounseling essentials and I've known these people for 20 years. And uh, I have them come on and we go through skills and we go through stuff about how to help people who are newly sober, working to be sober, to help families, to help uh, support their family, their members of their family who are working to be sober. We did a two-parter on how families F it up. And we talked about how they can screw it up before they go into treatment, how they can screw it up during treatment. Now they can screw it up after treatment. We do uh, episodes on suicide. We've done episodes on uh, staying out of power struggles, uh, socializing sober, basically, we're just giving tools and support for those people who are working on trying to maintain long-term sobriety.
2: That's that's awesome. Now let's go to where you started from. What is your history? What qualifies you, and what drives you to put that together this kind of group?
1: So, I got a, when I got out of college, I instantly got a job working at the prison, and uh, I was there for a very short time, and I ended up working as a crisis worker inside of a. Uh, County jail. And my job there was crisis intervention and suicide prevention. So when you fail, people died and it was a very hard job, especially when you're 24. And I did that for six years after I got married. My wife's like, Hey, this job's killing you. So all that stuff about being dead on the inside, you're not that far off. So she said, go do something else. And so I went and worked in theater for six years, building sets, hanging lights, that kind of stuff. Um, After I got married, we decided we're gonna have kids. And I started working at an adolescent uh, treatment facility for kids who are, you know, they're like 14 to 18 years old and they're dealing with all kinds of substance abuse and all kinds of trauma. And uh, I ended up working on the girls unit a lot. So I met these people now who are doing the show. And then I started working in uh, probation and in uh, pretrial, helping people get second chances to overcome their any kind of you know, misdemeanor crimes they've committed to help them kind of reestablish themselves in the community and get through their court process and that kind of thing. After I did that, I got a job working for an adult facility. And this is where my eyes were open because the adult facility, having insurances pay for treatment is one thing. Having insurances pay for post-treatment, like, so we're living communities, um, support you know, intensive outpatient after they're done, those kind of things, that's much harder to do. And especially like sober living communities, because basically you're just paying rent while they're living there. And insurance companies are stupid about that. And also adult, adult sober living communities are also at a premium. They've got, you know, 16, maybe 20 beds total. And that's really hard for them to, I mean, they're always full because people need this community. Well, I decided I wanted to create a community that had no bed limit. And so my wife and I just started this business, this climb out, to so- climb out Network. And the initial show is about climbing out to sobriety. But we want it to be where we could do Climb Out to Happiness. We could do Climb Out to, you know, whatever. Because we have these therapists. I have networks of therapists who are specializing in all kinds of areas of training and expertise. So we've started this online community where people can kind of work with each other and have this online support group but we also have the show attached to it and they can interact with a the therapist if they want to, they can go through e counseling essentials and work with them. We have all these digital online resources that I'm trying to pull together and pool to help other people because it's just a premium and we need to have this kind of resource out there.
2: Yeah. That's that's I mean that is is eye opening. I mean I worked in EMS for almost 20 years and we are on the the outside of it right you're on the inside you said you worked in the jails you've worked in the sobriety business and helping people and it's it's we see it as abuse of the system we see and i have seen the cycle of without obviously breaking any any confidentiality laws of a a person who would rob a liquor store just to get caught Mm -hmm. They get caught. They go into jail for a while because they couldn't afford their medicines. They go into jail. Jail pays for that stuff. They get tired of jail. They stop taking their medicine. They have a seizure. The jail doesn't want to deal with that. We pick them up from the jail, take them to the hospital. They're real seizure patients. They're having real seizures. And they're in the hospital for a while. Then they're out on their own recognizance because it's just a cycle. And then after a while, they get tired of life, rob a store, repeat.
1: And the same thing happens here. We have judges who would let the warrants build up over the summer in the winter time, put the guys who are homeless in jail for the winter so they'd live.
2: Yeah, you know that wow. kind of thing. It's that's crazy. That that's like,
3: I mean, on one hand, that's like something that it's like you kind of want to commend them for doing that, obviously, because it's like they are saving lives by doing it that way. But that's crazy. That that's the state that a lot of a lot of folks face. Like that's their daily, you know, that's their yeah. the, the yeah. situation that they're they're looking at the barrel they're staring down if for lack of a better metaphor that, well, that's crazy
1: we had a guy who he froze to death one winter evening one winter night his emergency contact was the booking unit of the Salt Lake county jail mm. we are the only ones who were notified when he passed away we're the only ones who missed him when he passed
2: away wow yeah that's that's that can be tough so how do you how do you I'm going to get into how we can help and how we, the listeners, and how we, the, the show hosts, can get involved. But how, in general, the general you, how do you break that cycle? The people in the system, the, the therapists, the, the, you, Hammond, how do you help break that cycle?
1: It, it's a matter of communication. It's a matter of support, and it's a matter of dedication. I mean, because no one's going to get sober the first time, and – I know that the numbers show that everyone shows that. And then it's a matter of trying and trying again and not giving up on yourself, not giving up on the ones you care about, not giving up on the ones you love. And, and sometimes it's really hard to stay in with that fight because they burn your trust. They steal your stuff. They hawk your car. I mean, they do all these things and you can kind of get real chapped at them. But at the same time, you're going to help them again later. And they just, you just need to be able to draw that line and create that boundary so that when they're really ready, you're there to be supportive. But I mean, that's a hard thing to do, especially when you're dealing with like a kid or you're even looking at your parents and some of the things they're struggling with. I mean, it's, it's tough, but it's all about communication and support and, and redeveloping trust. Cause there isn't an easy answer.
2: Guys, do you have any questions off the top of your head right now? Any thoughts? Um,
3: yeah, I'm just kind of I'm kind of taking everything in that you're saying here. Uh, I have a little bit of experience. Uh, I've worked with uh, n- not doing what you do, but like I've worked with um, disadvantaged youth, and I've seen some of the um, the conditions that they face. You know what I mean? Like some of the a lot of times the the kid who's acting up in an after school program or something like that that I might have seen and interacted with at home, there's an addict of some sort you know what I mean who their situation is there because of that addiction because that addiction bleeds out in the everyone around them and everything and and it can it leads to insane cycles of people falling into the same traps and everything um I know that so I like to see like outreach type stuff it 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 means a lot to me because I know how tough it is for people um one of the, you know, I, I imagine there's some people at home right now being like, "Wow, this is kind of crazy out of left field. Like, what's, what's, what does this have to do with like what we normally talk about on the show? What does this have to do with any of this stuff that we normally talk about here?" Um, but one of the things I wanted to say, and I'm sure you'll probably agree with this, Hammond, I, I occasionally bump into people in the various fandoms and and hobbies and stuff that I'm into, who say stuff like. Hey, like, for example, I've been into Lego lately. I've been talking about it a lot on the show. I just saw somebody the other day go, Hey, six months sober. And I bought myself this as like a milestone. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, a big star Wars set or something like that. And one of the things that I really liked is the outpouring of support on that, you know, right away, dozens of people were like, that's great, man. You know, like keep at it. It's amazing. You know? And, um, I feel like, fandom communities have a have an opportunity to be like a safe harbor for people who need an outlet because usually you know addiction people don't just wake up and decide hey I'm going to become addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever Um, it's usually there's there's some kind of pain or something or trauma in their life or whatever that leads them down that road and I find that the fandoms and the hobbies and everything can help um, sometimes it can become a problem though, too, I'll be honest, you know, especially anything that involves a lot of money, it can become the new addiction. Um, so what, if I, what I wanted to ask you is like, would you, you know, do you agree with that assessment? Have you seen that yourself like this as a positive outlet, like the, the kind of stuff that we're, we talk about here on a regular basis, being a positive outlet for someone who's trying to recover and what can we as a community of people who are maybe sitting next to somebody who's recovering and trying to stay sober, what can we do to help them?
1: So I, I'll answer the first part first. And that is a strong yes. Uh, there's a guy here in town <clears throat> who has started a a weekly uh, tabletop gaming community, a sober gaming community. And basically what his theory is, is that uh, drug use has a lot of ritual, a lot of habit, lots of, you know, things you do every time. And so does D&D. So he gets these guys together. He's a whole house full of folks. So he gets these kids, these guys together, and they play D anD D for for you know four or five hours on a Wednesday night. Nice. And and it's just this sober gaming community, and it's a huge support because they talk for a while about how their week was, and they break out their characters and kill a few dragons, <laughs> and and those kind of things. When you can have a community, and no matter how big or how small, when you have a community that shows like unconditional support, or if they are Um, really trying to be a positive force in the world, then any kind of interaction will be helpful. I mean, you know, I'm in part of, you know, a couple of very large podcasting communities kind of by association and by default. And both of them are just open-minded, open arms, uh, really helpful to each other and supportive and they're not closed-minded. They're super open about things and they're willing to be, you know, individual and group support, and those kind of things really goes a long way because uh, community and who you associate with helps with that support. Because if you're struggling, you don't have to worry about who you go to. You just log yeah. in and say, "Hey guys, I'm struggling. Chat with me for a while,"
2: and someone will tune in. So that that goes to where I said I was going to talk to you about how the listeners, how we, the hosts, how people can can help out. I know, I've been around, I've been around people who. I would, I'm going to have to say the words. They claim to be alcoholic, but they really wear it like an identity. Oh, you know, I'm alcoholic. I've done this. I they bring it up all the time. But I've been around true addicts who don't wear that as an identity. And when I say claim, I'm like, you have none of the signs and symptoms. And again, just so everybody knows my background, in 1997, I became an EMT in 2000 as a paramedic. and I still work somewhat with the field. So I've been around and interacted with all levels of people, and so when I say signs and symptoms, I've learned what real addicts look like, and I just want to go on record to say judging people for what they've done in their life or the the addictions they have helps no one, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you that right. now. Um, and I'll just leave it there instead of going to some long-winded story. But I've been around people who are like, oh yeah, did but they can be around, it's just, so the story, I just want to clarify, the story when somebody claimed to be an alcoholic, they went to like a Benihana's where they were doing the chef thing on the hibachi. And, hey, they're squirting. And he he squirted the thing, and he's like, it re, he realized it was sake and not water or whatever. And all he did is he went to the bathroom. But he made a big deal out of it. I was like, you're not an alcoholic. You got some sake. You didn't immediately go start drinking. You went to the bathroom and rinse your mouth out. You're just, ah, stop. But then, obviously, there's people like, hey. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let me stop. What I'm trying to get to is, I know there's people, and before I get educated, I was one of them going, oh, do do I not drink around you? Can I not make jokes? I don't understand. How can we we educate ourselves on how to help people? And like Paul, you're saying in the fandom communities, how can we learn more and be more comfortable to actually give people a place to feel safe and to be helped?
1: Well, one of the main things, you just ask them. I mean, if you know of someone who's recently out of treatment or you know someone who's recently you know, trying to make themselves healthier, then ask them, hey, where are you at this? How comfortable are you? Do you do you want to just go to McDonald's and have a and talk there instead of hanging out at a bar? Or do you wanna to to my house and watch the Super Bowl? Because I might have a few friends who drink over. Are you good with that? And if not, just say, hey, you know what? No big deal. We'll do something else. I mean It's a matter of finding out where their comfort levels are and then helping them kind of become more comfortable. Because when you're out there brand new, you're like a brand new deer walking for the first time because you're experiencing emotion and you're experiencing feeling and you got kind of a different view of the world. And that whole, that fragile nature of a brand new sober, uh, a newly sober person is is a tough thing to watch because they're unsure of where they are and how they're going to fit socially. So the idea of being accommodating and, and open to their comfort levels and what they're going to do, especially if it's someone you care about, you love, part of a family, a close friend, those kind of things, being, being there kind of to help, gauge, help them gauge where they're at and kind of help them be stronger in it, that's really the best thing you can do as far as just open, you know, kind of blanket answer to the question.
2: That makes sense. And I can tell you, just from any other human experience, we don't like to be treated like we're different or that we're special. And I think this goes for men and women. There's a, a compensation that kicks in that says, hey, let's let's protect ourselves. No, I can be cool, man. And I, I love what you said, Hammond. That's why I always am a proponent of straight honesty and asking somebody, hey, what's the deal? Where's the line? How can I help you? And let them decide. And do it in a kind and, and gentle way. Like, you know, Phil, you, you drink way too much tea, and but we're okay with that. We'll, we'll, we'll help you, sir.
5: The matcha yeah. and the coffee keeps me awake. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How is that,
4: he ever going to captain a starship one day if he doesn't have his Earl Grey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I drink you know, to Gilling. Thank you. Hey, you, right.
1: It's limited. Uh, have you seen uh, season four, episode one of Black Mirror yet? Speaking of starship captains
2: yeah yes. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah there now we've had the official nerd moment we can move on now
2: yeah so <laughs> and in your class brought out your why are we talking about because there are all walks of life of people that you would never know. You'll never know some of them that were addicted to anything. You'll never know somebody. And, and Hammer, you're talking about maybe somebody launch, launching that climb up to happiness. And, dude, there's so many people who deal with depression and deal with the heaviness of life. I even told the guy, said, nothing depressing or anything. But I came in and said, like, I'm exhausted. It's been a hell of a week at work. And we've got a lot more long days ahead of us. There's there's just shit going down. Yeah. But, you know, I don't bring that to the show normally. And I brought it to them so they know where I was, and I'm bringing it up now to say, hey, sometimes you just need somebody to to take you out of your pocket, and that's what we try to do here on the show, but sometimes you need to have somebody say, hey, it's okay to need help, and here's the help you can get, and Hammond, how can somebody listening to this show get some help?
1: So we have the the website Um, and I will talk a little bit about that here in a second, but we also have the show climb out to sobriety. Um, we have our therapists come on on a regular basis, uh, a couple of them more regularly than others, but we also have a, a relationship with eCounseling Essentials and they do online counseling. It's secure. It's private. It's everything you'd get from a, a regular counselor. It's just over the internet. It's like a Skype conversation with a therapist and, and it's great and it's all the things you expect from a therapist. And it's, it's people who you've heard talk. So you kind of already know their style. So you're not, see, what's great about therapists is you can try them on. There's not a long-term commitment. You can say, this guy's not my style of therapist because there's tons of them. Some are more confrontational, some are more huggy, some are more, you know, soft-spoken. You can do men, uh, therapists, female therapists, all of You can just pick and try which one until you find the guy you click with or the person you click with. Um,
4: Almost like finding a sponsor.
1: It kind of is. It very much is. And so we have these people and you get to listen to the show and hear their personalities and hear their styles. So if you want to reach out to them, they're there. You can reach out to them. You can set up stuff with them. Um, if you just want to talk, you know, shop about life skills and coping skills with someone like me or my wife, who's done a few shows, then talk to them. But you know, we have tons of things available just by listening to the show. But as far as the community on the website, so I don't, I mentioned that we had the hack. Our community is still, we're still trying to recover our form because what we did was we created a Private forum areas, so that um, we weren't using Facebook or any of these places, because we were really wanted to value people's privacy. Um, sure. One of the, one of the things about this that we really wanted to take into account was their ability to be as honest as possible, without revealing any, with only revealing the things they want to. So, if they wanted to go by their real name, fine, that's their choice. But if they wanted to call themselves, you know, sober man wannabe, then they can call themselves sober man wannabe, and they can share whatever they want to share. So. One of the things that we, we had set up was this forum and we that's one of the things that suffered the most in the hack. And when we can finally get that back up and going again, I feel like we will be able to kind of start pushing it again. But right now, that's one of the places where we really are suffering is the fact that our community is just, it's kind of in shambles because of the hack. And I feel bad for it and I wish there was more I could do, but I'm just not a web designer and I don't have that skill set. Um, but we do have a private community on Facebook. And we do have a group on Facebook, but you know, again, it's back to that privacy aspect. And, there, you know, I,
2: what do you know? Sorry, what do you? This popped in my head, and maybe you have this already. What do you know about Discord? Are you using that?
1: Well, that's that's one thing. I like Discord, but the thing that Discord is is it is um, it's very much tagged as a gamer setup.
2: Sure, sure, yeah, but and still- it has
1: it, it, comes with its own, it comes with its own stigmas, and it comes with its own kind of already built in associations and a lot of our people might be nervous about jumping into something completely foreign as far as that is
3: yeah
1: but i mean we thought about slack we thought about discord we thought about all the different options it's just that this forum was a good idea but like i said we just it was up and running and from september until december 24th and then we went to log in on december 24th and all hell (laughs) broke
2: loose man that sucks that's awful that is awful. And I, I'll, I'll put it out to anybody listening now. If you feel moved to help out, you know, this, to me, this is the kind of thing I always try to step up in. And there's nothing Hammond has described now that I can't help with, but Hammond, I mean, you always know you can reach out to yeah. us and Giant Size Team Up Network, any of us. And I mean, I'm not going to speak for everybody else, but I'm going to say I personally will always step up to help. I'll ask my guys to help and, and, and pay them what I can to get their talents to help you out. And if the listener's out there and you feel moved, you know, reach, how can they reach you, Hammond, to help out? Like, um, I'm process?
1: Hammond at ClimbOutNetwork.com climb or j- Gmail.com. I mean, because of the other stuff I do. So,
2: And the fact, I mean, it's crazy. The fact that you're doing it as a a podcast that, that somebody can keep in their pocket. Like you said, you can try on the different therapists. You can hear them and how they speak. It makes so much sense, and yet nobody's done it before that I know of. I mean, not in a widespread manner that's obviously famous. There but- there are
1: other shows about sobriety, uh, but I don't think there is we really pride our fact in having three incredibly trained, incredibly articulate, incredibly entertaining therapists. I mean, that's the one thing about the three that when when we get going, we're as nerdy and as jokey and as foul and vulgar and irreverent as we are at the beginning of the show. But then we also are trying to cover these real issues because we know what real people talk like when they're dealing with these issues. I mean, when we did the episode about how families F it up, it was great because it was just F-bombs city because that's what we're talking
3: about. I, I just want to jump in for a second. I, I kind of want to share a quick story of, of my personal life to uh, to kind of get across how important this kind of thing is and, and why we're, we're supporting it here. I actually uh, just had it not re- I wouldn't really consider this person a friend, but an associate. A, uh, an acquaintance from my local gaming community uh, that I used to play Magic the Gathering with, uh, he just passed away a couple weeks ago in his mid-30s uh, from alcohol-related complications. Um, and I wasn't close enough with him where I felt like I could have been the kind of person to maybe try to help him get the help he needed initially and then be a support group after, or, you know, support network after the fact. Um, and I wasn't so close to him that it was like... You know, hugely emotional or devastating for me, but I was struck by the the feeling of helplessness about having seen that it happened. You know, because we all knew that he had a problem, and because uh, it was obvious uh, he would actually sneak out uh, at Friday Night Magic and go out in the parking lot and drink out of his backpack, and then come back in. You know, and it just. But the point is, like, if you know somebody in your life who need you know needs some support in this regard, try to be there. You know what I mean? And it maybe maybe it means introducing them to a new hobby or a new community or something, something they can latch on to because they could just not be there tomorrow. You know what I mean? And for me, it's very real right now. And so talking about it, it's like I actually almost feel a little bit guilty because even though we weren't super close, I wonder if any of us had just been like, hey, do you need some help? You know what I mean? Or like, you know, what can we do? Cause obviously there's something going on. Uh, so that kind of leads me to another question for you, Hammond. Do you have any recommendations for someone who maybe sees the, so, a loved one or a friend or an you know, acquaintance, whatever might have a problem, how to kind of breach a subject with them and turn them towards maybe getting the help that they need? Cause it, it, I'm sure it's probably the most difficult conversation.
1: It is a very hard conversation. Most of the time you met with anger initially and a lot of a lot of vitriol a lot of uh, defensiveness that first conversation it's always tough uh we actually did an episode uh, early on like one of the first couple we did where we actually talk about how you breach that conversation and how you do how you start of start the approach on somebody sure. um and it's it's right there and we have i think i think all of us are involved on that one but it's uh i mean it's it's good because we cover all the bases or we try to cover as many bases as we can about that first time that conversation how do you do it how do you know how do you how do you deal with it when they get mad at you and stomp off and say you don't know me and and then you have to wait and figure out okay now they know i know now they know i care when do i come back and that relate that bases on your relationship sometimes if it's your kid you go back and do it the next morning at breakfast or if it's your wife you do it when you have an opportunity when she's not going to hit you with a book um if it's your husband you wait till they're in a the right mindset. I mean, you just have to wait till they're in that mindset where if they start the conversation, man, I'm really struggling. I think I need some help. Jump on it. Don't don't wait for don't wait for them to not have that don't wait. Jump on those moments because that's when they're going to be most willing to listen. We talk about how interventions are a thing people do and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. I mean, it's it, it really depends on the relationship, it depends on the person, it depends on how far how far down that road they are. How many times they've maybe been to jail, how many times they've been through treatment. It. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but maybe with this guy in Magic, you know, he plays his Planeswalker. You die, and you go talk to him afterwards and say, "Hey, nice play. Hey, I was just wondering, can I help you with something?" And I'm totally talking about my butt. I've never played a, I've never played a full hand of Magic. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. My knowledge of Magic comes from South Park.
3: Yeah, you're fine in that regard. Um, yeah, no, I I just wanted to ask because it it was one of those, like we, like I said, we knew, like we'd talk about it when he wasn't around. We'd be like, dude, you know, last Friday, that was pretty rough. I mean, he smelled like a liquor cabinet, stuff like that. And I just. Did he ever bring it up? No. I mean, it would
1: have been a hard conversation to have, especially in a group. If you'd done it by yourself, maybe.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what I wonder. Cause I feel like, like I said, we weren't super close. Uh, we were, we were friendly enough. Actually, I actually had a falling out with him about a year before it happened uh, where he like just went after me on Facebook. Like he just got petty and I'm sure it was cause he was, you know, in his cups and he just mm-hmm. got petty and started lobbing stuff that was like, I was like, what are you even talking? I, I actually ended up blocking him on Facebook cause it was like, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna entertain you being like this to me. You know what I mean? And the thing is, though, like now here we are a year later and this guy's gone and we all knew him, you know, like I, I, this local community is somewhere between a couple dozen guys, as many as a couple hundred guys and a few gals. And we all had played with him on a fairly regular basis for years and everybody acted shocked. And I was I was like, why are you acting shocked? Mm -hmm. This wasn't a surprise. We all knew what the problem was and like but none of us did anything about it. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because I, I'm sure that there are other people out there that are in a similar situation. And I know that next time, I, I don't care how familiar I am with them or not. I'm going to ask them, you yeah. know, I'm going to bring it up somehow. I've
1: worked, I've worked in a lot of jobs where my, uh, even with coworkers, my willingness to just ask the questions sometimes, hey, how you doing? If there's something I can do, let me know. Um, hey, you know, uh, instead of introducing yourself saying I'm in recovery, introduce yourself saying I'm new at this job, start redefining who you are. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Those little comments that they matter, they pile on. And after a while, that person will, might, I can't guarantee it, but they might come around and say, all right, I'm ready for some help. Let's go.
2: Yeah. and And to relate this to a more easier topic for people to understand because i feel like some people like well I, it's still scary i don't know and even Clots is like well even if i don't know him that well i'll bring it up because he wants to be helpful and sometimes it's it's that thing first off i want to roll it back to what you're talking about hammond about the family member the kid this and that the other as a parent now my kids are young enough and they they have yet to be exposed to the world of of drugs and temptation and peer pressure and all that jazz so i've not approached this but i've i've seen it in learning we were doing homeschool for a while and my wife takes it personal that we've struggled with our son learning math and fought and had these battles to the point that's like no he's got to go to other school because we deserve to have a, a happy household and he's not learning and we're not learning it's just a fight and he goes to public school same math different teacher Boom, gets it, and she gets irritated. That is an oversimplification to relate to, hey, as a family member, as a best friend, as a parent, you're not getting through to your kid, but then somebody, let's say, like Klotz, who sees them and says, hey, do you need help, and they respond, let them respond. Don't make it about you, because the second you make it about you, you can help shut down that that rehab door.
1: When I worked in uh, the adolescent place, I used to do a group, and I used to call it the Sandman Tapes. And what it was was I have forty five versions of Inter Sandman, everything from the the rough demo where he's just na na nying it, all the way through the symphony plus covers by Richard Cheese and Dream Theater, everything you can think of. Widespread Panic, I've got all these covers. Big band, bluegrass, you name it, I've got it. What I do was I play these. You start a
4: podcast about it. You could call
2: it Coverberg. <laughs> Coverberg. <laughs> <laughs> Coverton. Coverton. Yeah. You gotta say t- yeah. Coverton. Yeah. So, anyway,
1: I, I would play these and I would ask the kids the message in each one of these is exactly the same, but it's either more sophisticated, it's glossied up, it's in a style that you can listen to, it's a style that you like. So, I might not be able to deliver the message that someone wants to hear my style, but maybe someone else has a message, that same message that they will listen to because of the style, the relationship, what they like about it, what they don't like about them as a message delivery system. Yeah. So there's always the options of if it didn't work with Clots, it might work with, you know, Klotz's buddy, the DM or whatever. I don't, I don't know who your buddies are, but it, it's one of those things where sometimes it's just having enough people just go up and try different things and just saying, dude, I see you're struggling. Instead of saying, I see you have a problem just say, I, I see you're struggling. Why don't you come back on in? Let's not let you finish that off. Why don't you come on back in?
2: Sure. yeah uh now to finish to go back to our somewhat relatable story uh i have never struggled with addiction of anything uh, but i've been overweight all of my life and as an adult you know you we mentally want to lose weight this and that, and the other and things haven't worked but in relation to this i had a friend of mine sit down and never made fat jokes never you know come on man nothing like that he just one day kind of out of the blue went Hey man. I know you're big. You know you're big. I mean just straight talk. You're you're big. I see you're kind of breathing heavy after walking up the stairs. Look man, I love you. I want you to be around for another 20, 30, 40 years. So I'm just saying, if you ever want to you know, if you ever want to talk about losing weight, you ever want to uh have somebody to work out with, anything like that, um I'm here for you. I just want you to be around. That honestly turned me around. To I mean, I was up to almost 380 pounds, and I've lost a good 30 or 40 pounds. Actually, I, I, like most people, I lost a lot, and then I kind of came back up, and I've been a little back and forth. But my point is not about my losing weight. My point is, it was that, that caring just moment of no judgment, no pressure. And he, he does work out all the time. It's not Travis Jones or anything. But this guy, I mean, he just worked out to stay fit. It's Phil. No, you don't work out. You just work in the field. So. <laughs> but, uh, but it was that caring moment of – I want you to be around, and that resonated, and so that's all. That just is is from a, a side of somebody who needed to change their life. In a way, just that verbiage of "I'm here for you" it helps. It it changes things. And the
1: thing is, your wife could have said the same thing, yeah. and you would have probably taken it differently because you're, you're like, "Oh, come on, yeah, honey, you're maybe. just." It would have been a different. It would have been a completely different message if your wife had said it, because you would have added in however long you guys had married a baggage and other comments and everything else.
2: That's, that's definitely, that's definitely a real possibility. Well, yeah. I mean, that kind of,
3: if I can jump on that, uh, that's why I said, I think next time I encounter it, I'll I'll try to breach the subject because I know for me, like I'm, I'm overweight, obviously, clearly I've always struggled with it. Most of my adult life, Um, same thing. And sometimes if someone I know really well, like somebody I'm very close to brings it up, it, it, it's not easy to talk about, you know, it's like I, I shut down or like I put up the walls, I, I dismiss it or whatever. I get mad and all those things, normal reactions. But if I have the conversation with somebody that I'm, I'm familiar with, but I don't know super well, well then I'm like, it's different, you know, cause it's like now it's not just somebody I know intimately that is going to like harp on, you know, the elephant in the room, which is me. Uh, It's someone who doesn't really have any skin in the game. You know, maybe I don't know this person well enough to for them to have a real motivation to doing it other than just the fact that they see something and they want to address it or bring it up and see if I need help. And sometimes that's the wake up call or just the, the sign of compassion from a benevolent stranger you need. Um, And so I, I want to be that change in the world. You know what I mean? I want to be the person who who's there to do that for someone else later. Cause sometimes a near complete stranger is the perfect person to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's also the kind of, the, the kind of thing that can spur you to go seek help. And then you get that benefit of walking away from that person that isn't super close to you because now that baggage of everything that just happened there, you can leave it with them. You know, you can be yeah. like, Oh, we you can have a conversation. You can let it out and get it off your chest, whatever like, maybe talk about some stuff and then you walk away and you're relieved and you can leave some of that behind and not have to carry it all with you and not have it come up every time. Because that's the other thing, too, is like, especially like, you know, Charles and I talking about trying to lose weight or something. There's nothing worse than somebody who's close to you who like when you let them know that you're trying to make a change in your life when they just keep bringing it up over and over and over again, because now that it's like I'm not I'm accountable to me yeah i'm not really here to be accountable to you you know what i mean like i appreciate you showing love and everything i've said this to people before i've been like i appreciate you showing love and and you know concern but you're causing more damage than you're helping by like always checking up with me on it you know what i mean so sometimes you gotta you need a resource that's outside of your your tight inner circle and i i want to be that person going forward i I don't ever want to hear a story like what i just heard You know, it was like two weeks ago. So it's fresh for me. You know what I mean? It's, I don't want to be in that position again, you know, because everybody's got loved ones and everything that will feel that loss. And, you know, everybody deserves a chance.
1: This is one of the reasons, I mean, I'm not a, you won't hear this very often, but the idea of actually talk, going to talk therapy, it helps because it's an impartial party Mm -hmm. that will listen to you and give impartial commentary on what you're doing. Maybe not advice per se impartial commentary. So if like, you know, I've been multiple times throughout my career because of the things I've witnessed and had to deal with, I've had to go to therapies. Um, they've helped. They've helped me deal with issues about my own past. They've helped me deal with issues about work. I've actually, because of talk therapy, I've had gotten over some of the issues I've had with my own weight and like I struggled with it. But some of the things I've beaten out because of the, the opportunities I've had going to talk therapy, it's been huge. And as far as uh, addiction and recovery and some of these things like that, they having that impartial party, the non judgmental party that's listening to you, accepting you, giving you that kind of course correcting advice on occasion, that's huge because they have, like you said, they've got no skin in the game. There is no investment on their part other than they're here to be your guidepost.
0: Yeah. And that circles
2: right back around the sponsors and those kind of things. Uh, so I want to wrap it up here. Uh, I want to hear. Where again, tell everybody where they can find you. But I want to say this one last thing that changed my attitude in EMS is everybody needs help. Sometimes. I mean, that includes us. That includes, I mean, that's everybody. Everybody means everybody. Everybody needs help sometimes. And most people hide it. Most people keep it away from everybody else. Go ahead, Hammond.
1: I was just going to say, this goes to a point when I was a crisis worker, I had to learn very quickly to separate what the person did to get to jail from who they are. They are still someone's husband. They're still someone's kid. They're still someone's wife. They're still someone's, someone still loves these people regardless of how and why they got to where they are. So when I was doing crisis work, having to to work very hard and sometimes failing to keep these people alive, you had to separate because regardless of what got them there, there are those that still love them and care about them. And you have to kind of do that blindly in certain lines of work. And that was one of them.
2: There you go. All right. Uh, tell us again, where we can find everything about this network.
1: All right. You can go to climboutnetwork.com. right now. It's just kind of fun. It's it's, it's a website on crutches right now. Um, we do have new episodes coming out. Uh, we have a new one coming out Friday called uh, talking about uh, socializing sober. And it kind of goes to all the things we kind of talked about as far as this, but we've got 21 other episodes out there that cover all kinds of different topics um and that's climb out to sobriety we're on twitter at the climb out network or at climb out network um we are you know i'm hammond to climb out network uh, i'm hammond at climboutnetwork.com. um our therapists are available through you know emails to
2: podcasts um and you know we're out there awesome phil where can they find you sir
5: oh jesus uh, don't just follow Jay Hammond C on Twitter. He's doing so much better work than I could. So, um, <laughs> it's it, it's amazing what you're doing. Um, as somebody who has family and friends and coworkers who you know have burnt me over the years over opiate addictions and whatnot, um, I I wish this show was around about ten years ago so I could have saved my cousin and me and his relationship. So. Don't don't find me. Find find Hammond on Twitter because
4: it's a better outlet.
2: Casey, where else can they find you besides here, sir? Uh,
4: I do a show Thursday nights live on twitch.tv slash bad um, Again, uh, this whole topic uh, kind of hit super home for me. I have uh, I have it bad on both sides of my family with addiction. So it, it keeps me more or less pretty straight and narrow. I wish I honestly had more to say, but it's just, I'm so glad that resources like that exist and yeah, yeah you should absolutely check out more of Hammonds stuff too.
3: Polly. Uh Yeah. Don't look me up on the internet. Cause I'm not going to see it. Uh, go check out Hammond's. Uh, I, I, I just wanted, I'm going to beat my drum one last time. If you see something say something that's such a horrible abuse of that catchphrase. No, but if you see somebody who's struggling, you know, try to reach out or try to reach out to people around them and, and, and kind of like see what you collectively can do. Um, If you need help, please ask for help. Turn to somebody, somebody you trust, maybe even somebody you barely know. If you just need to get some things off your chest, Um, don't just let it consume you because uh, no matter how bad things are, there's st- you still have worth you know you still have worth to your, your loved ones you still have worth to the world at large you can still contribute I've I know recovering addicts who have done great things you know it, it, you can use it as something that really fuels you to push hard at something else you know yeah. in many ways you can get some of what you feel through you know some of that feedback you know the positive feedback that you get from addiction in other things if you throw yourself at it but you, you're going to need help to get there um you know so don't don't let it swallow you whole and definitely go check out Hammond and show and get involved with that community if it if it's something that's really close to you and you need that help or you just want that new anonymous community out there some people to, some like-minded voices to listen to
2: there you go. And again, Hammond. Anytime you need any of our resources, uh, let me know, and we'll do everything we can to help out. Uh, and you can honestly, you can find me rock right out podcasting. And while we joke about that and uh, get a lot of good grief, I mean that that was my shift to be okay with myself and how I do things and how I see the world and how I want the world to see me. And that show that has about thirty episodes. And I've been super busy lately in the last couple months. And you know what that show is. My walk of life, and hopefully it'll help you out. Because my style of, if you want to even call it life coaching, is I'll just tell you what I went through and what I learned from it, and you take from that what you will. And I've had some people listen to other shows, not just that, but this show and other shows, that have connected with me on Facebook and reached out. And if you, if I resonate with you in any way, you need help, I'm always around on Facebook. It's Rock Out Podcasting on Facebook, and you can message me, and I will. I will tell you what. That's the first thing I will respond to as soon as I see it is somebody talking about something going on in their life. I'll help out as best I can cuz like Paul said, I want to be that change in the world. I want to when I needed help, it wasn't there. I mean, we all have kind of similar stories of of different types of help that was needed and it just wasn't there, so I want to be the help that is there. So you can check that out and check us out every week here because that is something we do. It's not just about fandom and entertainment for an hour or so. It's it's about The reality of what of what fandom means and how we can help each other out so go out be awesome to the world give somebody you love a hug and come back next week and hear some more stuff
3: it's also never just an hour or so no it's never never. so (laughs) it is
2: what it is uh and if you met us for just an hour yeah and uh definitely give him a listen uh on everything he does because see that's the thing we're not just fat one facet right we're not just we love comics. We, we love all kind of stuff, and we have different sides to us. And that's what I want Breaking the Panel to be is to show the humanity in everything that we do. So tune in next week for some more awesome talk, and we'll see you again then. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant
1: Size
4: Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash Panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.